With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, football fans. Are you ready? This is Straight Football Talk. I am your host, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside of me here is Dallas Duclo, a.k.a. Big D. What's up? We want to remind everyone that we want you to be a part of the conversation, so please call 718-508-9883 or like our Facebook page, Straight Football Talk, and watch us live on video there as we broadcast. And please comment in the comment section of the video. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear all the, you know, opposing views, agreeing views, whatever you guys got to want to talk about, we want to talk about football. <clears throat> Again, number is 718-508-9883. Big D, you ready to get started? We're just about ready. We're just about ready? Yeah, we are just about ready. Let's talk about the NFL buzz. Not a whole lot. Holiday weekend. Let's start off this NFL uh, buzz this week with some news that has everyone in the NFL talking. Zach Orr, ex-Ravens linebacker, who had decided to retire at the age of 24 due to a cognitive um, neck spine injury, has now decided to come out of retirement and continue his career in the NFL. This is big, big news. And not just for Mr. Orr, but for any team that picks him up. He was productive and helped the Ravens become a top 10 defense when he played Teams he's visited already, Detroit Lions. He's expected to visit the Indianapolis Colts and Jets, and as well as other teams. He's keeping his options open, wanting to see what's out there. Big D, how how excited are you about this linebacker? You know, I got to say, Zach Orr was big time. I mean, he was absolutely big time when he played. Uh, and and he's he, retired and, young. And when he, when he retired so young, I mean, it's always unfortunate to see a guy who's – especially a guy who was as hot as he was when he was in the league. Uh, I mean, he led his team to being a top-10 defense. Uh, so any that's a guy that can make an impact on a defense. And when he comes into free agency, he is going to be a hot commodity. There are a lot of defenses whose coverage are bare, and they're going to be looking to stock well, up, especially in a league that has been driven by the past. Uh, you need people that can stop people from getting down the field. Zach was a man that can get that done. Yeah, and I and I think you know the Indianapolis Colts looking at him just again once again proves our point of they're wanting to get younger, they're wanting to get more talented. They had a really old defense last year. They're they're doing a 180 on this defense, and I'm I'm excited to see where he ends up. And I think the Colts would be a would be an awesome selection for him. Moving on from Zach Orr because he's not the only one looking for a new team. Doral Green Beckham has been released by the Eagles. We knew the Eagles were going to release somebody in that crowded wide receiver call. And the Eagles are now the second team to release Doral Green Beckham in a year. 
Tennessee Titans released him last year or, or uh, earlier this year, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Um, now it's the Eagles. There are still plenty of wide receiver needy teams in the NFL, and we're going to have to monitor where um, DGB ends up. You know, there's a lot of teams that are, gonna, that are really going to need wideouts. I mean, the Cleveland Browns just lost Terrell Pryor this year. Uh, he was one of their leading receivers. Look for Cleveland to be a player in that market. Uh, and also Kansas City, who really doesn't really have any go-to receivers right now. Uh, and they've got an, they've got an Alex Smith who he needs weapons. Yeah, I mean, he's got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. That's about it to throw to. Um, another team, obviously, they just signed um, Jeremy Macklin, but the Baltimore Ravens is another team. And, uh, again, they could use a number two guy. You know, uh, they've got Mike Wallace, but having an, uh, another guy in there to help. Uh, Joe Flacco would be crucial. And another team to even consider is the Buffalo Bills. Sammy Watkins gets hurt every year. They need some solid help. You know, I could see the Bills being a choice, but honestly, I look for him to end up either in Baltimore or Kansas City. And the reason I say that is because, again, Kansas City is really hurting at at wide out. And I can tell you right now, um, if if Kansas City gets in the market for it, he he might make the big payday. Yeah, very Uh, true. He, he's a guy that can go out and make, make plays, but in a, in a crowded wide receiver core like the Eagles have, <laughs> even the Titans had a pretty crowded wide receiver. I mean, he, he's really underperformed, but, you know, he, it's not that his, you know, his services wouldn't help, you know. Well, having another target is always good, um, especially. Yeah, he, he's like, his, I think he's like 6'4", 6'5", yeah. so he's a big, big target. target. Yeah. yeah. So He's got a little speed, too. Little, little yeah. Bit. Moving on from Mr. DGB. Saints defensive lineman Nick Fairley has been placed on the reserve slash non-football injury list. The Saints put Farley uh, on this list as he after he consulted with multiple doctors about he, uh, a heart condition uh, that he's had since 2011. He's been playing with this since 2011. Um, he's play, uh, Far- Farley. Um, he's planning on getting a third uh, opinion on this condition. Because it will affect the rest of it, you know, he's out for the next year, yeah, for 2017 yeah. season. But this also affects his professional career. Well, yeah, and not just that. I mean, you, you obviously have to uh, think about the long term uh, as far as not just your career, but outside of your career. I mean, right. when do you determine whether or not the risk to your health is too great for you to continue on in your career? And when you make that choice, you know, for your family, uh, that I'm not going to play because of that. But uh, I hope it works out for fairly. It's always a shame when you see a guy – Get, get get his legs cut out from under him, so to speak. Right. Um, so hopefully they get it figured out. Maybe maybe it's not as serious, but yeah, I mean, that's something to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to keep an eye on it. <clears throat> Finally, for our NFL buzz this week, our NFL buzz, the last part of it, happens to be our Homer Simpson moment of the week. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have had an interesting offseason. Um, with their players getting in trouble. Go! <laughs> that, 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 that just doesn't cover it. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's just not enough that, anymore. That, 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 that Homer Simpson moment's just not enough to cover it. You know what? We'll do a Homer Simpson dough every time. Yeah, you know so what? Let's, let's go for it. <clears throat> so we got Nolan Carroll with the DWI. Go! Why? <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, he uh, has several off-the-field issues, but most notably – Domestic abuse uh, that the NFL has been investigating for over a year now. Go! It's almost a <laughs> Damian Wilson charged with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, come on, man. 
This is one no! of Come on, man. <laughs> David Irving, four game suspension for PEDs. Get out of here, David. Get out of here. No! Dak Prescott accused of using a machine to sign his autograph for memorabilia uh, for a memorabilia company. Dak, come on, you ain't gonna get carpet. No! And he also made a statement saying he had no recollection recollection of uh, the ever this happening. You know, they're using a the machine and stuff. So you know, um, and let us know that in January. <laughs> That's a double dough right there. <laughs> and that in January, Randy Gregory was suspended for the entire 2017 season for substance abuse. Come on, Randy. Go! What are you doing? <laughs> when asked the question, what type of atmosphere the Cowboys are creating down in Dallas, not to mention that if they lose players to suspension, will they be able to defend the NFC East title and make it back to the playoffs? You know, here's something we've talked about time and again with this show. Uh, I've said it time and again, you need guys that can be leaders in your locker room. And just over the last few seasons, and we look at the track record, and this is, for me, a Jerry Jones problem. We look at the Jerry Jones world. This is In Jerry's world, guys, things are not all well. Winter is coming to the Cowboys right now uh, because Jerry Jones just, has, just seems to have no idea how to judge character. Um, and I mean, this isn't just this isn't just one player. This isn't an isolated event. Yeah, this, this, this is, is multiple. I mean, half their defenses. I mean, basically, they have Jalen Jalen Smith. They have Smith. Yeah. And that's it, right? Uh, who else do they have? Is they there, drafted a couple good guys. Is, is there I anybody mean, even practicing for the Cowboys defense? At this point? <laughs> because we've seen just over the last few weeks, what is that? Six players on their defense, and these guys are potentially probably going to be starters. Um, I don't know about six for their defense. What is it? Let's see, so we've got Dak and Ezekiel, so there's like four, yeah, four right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not something to scoff at. This is a problem, and, yeah. it, you know, I think Des Bryant got in trouble for hitting his mom or something like that. So, I mean, this on, it's, it's, it's a reoccurring thing for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys here lately, and I don't understand why. Um, you know, Jerry Jones just over the last and, – and this is really – you can take this all the way back to Terrell Owens. <laughs> this has been a problem all the way back since then. Well, they got they picked up Greg Hardy, if you remember, uh, last year. I do year. remember that. I remember how big of a mistake that was. Yeah. Um, but you look at the track record of the Cowboys, and they right now they just this last season had one of the most successful seasons in recent yeah. history for the Cowboys yeah. franchise-wise. And yet now they've still got this culture of making boneheaded moves yeah. in the offseason. Homer Simpson moment. Uh, you know, we – I mean, on the I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'll I'll make a minor excuse for for a guy like Dak or maybe even as he right Dak I think Dak's a genuine guy I think he he's you know a good guy I just um you know some of these like uh, Nolan Carroll we're gonna have to wait and see what he gets if he gets anything Ezekiel Elliott um this has been investigated for over a year now we'll have to wait and see what happens with him it's a first time offense um, now Damian Wilson two counts of aggravated assault that's that a is, big one yeah and and the the headline on that is that he actually drew a, drew a, a gun on top. Yeah, uh, so a rifle, I believe. A rifle, yeah, uh, which is incredibly serious. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that Jerry Jones really needs to – he needs to send a message to his players right now. Uh, and it needs to start, in my opinion, with Dak Prescott, who is now the de facto leader of this team. Wow, awesome Austin, um, a.k.a. Street Football Talk. He put it on there, Street Football Talk. Johnny Jerry, Football, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jerry also wanted to draft Johnny Football, which is bad. Which was um, and considered bringing in Ray Rice as well, which is bad. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, Jerry, just one thing for you, buddy. What's the no! all I got for you? Don't do it. Don't do it, Jerry. Don't I mean, do 
you know, we're act, I'm not a, you know, we're, we're being broadcast out of Philly, but you're not a Philly fan. I'm not a Philly fan. Um, you're, you're a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Um, I have no big quarrels with the Cowboys. I mean, back in the 70s, we had it out with each other. We had it out with each other. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, but you look at this, and, I mean, if this would have been the Steelers, oh, my God, they would not put up with this. I mean, I'm surprised they put up with uh, Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant, and, to be honest with and, you. And, you know, and that's something else. I'm actually really kind of curious if this doesn't signal the end of the Jason Garrett era in, in Dallas as well. I don't know. Um, because he's doing pretty good. He Well, wins-wise, maybe. Yeah. But it's also the coach's responsibility to be keep these keep, guys in line, these guys in line, and keeping them in check. But then the counter argument to that is you can't be everywhere at once. This is true, but you know we've seen this again and again. Yeah, progressively, it's just seeming to be a problem for them. Soon they won't have a whole team; they'll just have to surrender the whole season. You know, I I, I said it earlier. Um, you know, the defense. If if they lose any more guys on defense, the Cowboys are just going to have to give give the other team points every possession. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so you know, and actually. The Cowboys, now that we're talking about defensive players and stuff, they could be a potential player for uh, Zach Warren. They could. They you know? could. Um, and we're going to talk about free agents here in a little bit. But, again, uh, NFL buzz guys, if you guys want to talk about it, let's see if we've got any uh, questions on here. Nope, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Um, if you guys want to be a part of the conversation, uh, call 718-508-9883. Um, wins fix everything. Uh, and push the under the push the other things under the rug. I like that comment. Well, you got to win the big games, and we haven't seen that in a while from the Cowboys, have we? <sighs> Man, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, come on now. <clears throat> now I talked about free agency. I guess you could tie this into NFL buzz, but we'll talk. Well, this is free agency. We haven't talked about the remaining free agents for some time now. Um, there's still plenty of players left on the board worth picking up. Um, some big names too. Let's discuss a couple of them. Who they are? What teams? Um, are looking at them, mm-hmm. um, or what team should pick them up? You know, yeah, whether yeah, there's no sure. teams that are interested in them, that, what team should pick that guy up? Um, first off, Zach Orr. We just talked about him earlier. We, we've talked about the Lions, um, the Colts, the Bears. No Bears. Um, no, I don't mean that. I was going to say Lions, Tigers, and Bears on my but Tigers and Bears. <laughs> the Bengals could use all the help they can get. <laughs> if they want to pick up Zach Orr, I'm, I'm going to go ahead um, and tell them, go for it. Right. In all seriousness, though, I mean, there's right now there's going to be a bunch of teams interested. Well, there will be, um, and if if not for the I, for the thought that they might get a, a potential starter, yeah. is depth issues. Uh, yeah. As the season progresses, we see a lot of people. It's unfortunate, but it's the way the game goes. We see a lot of injuries, and you your defense has to be playing well, well Absolutely. into well into week you know week nine before yeah. you have conceivable shot at the playoffs for a lot of these teams, um, and especially. Uh, you know, some of the teams that you listed, uh, particularly, I, I like the the, the definite uh, thought of maybe the Colts or the Lions. Because if you look at the divisions they're Both in, of them. Uh, it, it's it's pass-heavy divisions. I mean, it's crazy. Well, and you look at, again, the Lions, they've got to deal with your guys, your team, the Green Bay Packers. They were, you know, they just, were winning. Not just them. Yeah. I mean, the touchdown Teddy. Yeah, no, he's hurt right now. Yeah. But, um, but they do have to deal with Minnesota and all this. Yeah. The, I mean, Minnesota's going to be a factor. But then you've got, like, um, what was it? Detroit last year was winning their division until like the last three games. Until the last three, until the last like four games. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and then you guys ended up winning it, and then what happened? I mean, they just broke down on defense. You guys picked them apart. Injuries, injuries. Yeah. I mean, so Zach Orr would be a, a very good fit for them. Um, the Colts, you're right, their division there. Um, the Texans, the Titans, they look nasty, and they're going to need some. You know, the yeah. Colts are going to need yeah. some help. 
And they've done that um, through the free agency already and, and through the draft. But, you know, who just says he doesn't – you don't need more? You know? Well, and, and it's, it's like I've always said when it comes to – when it comes to defense and when it comes to line, just in general, you, you've got to have a lot of depth. Yeah. Uh, it never hurts to have another play. I get injured all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. So. Okay. Um, next guy. Not, not a lot's been talked about him except for he did do one professional wrestling match. Yeah. D'Angelo yeah. Williams. Oh, D'Angelo. 34-year-old running back. No one's really, you know, no one's really talked about it a whole lot. No one's really called nobody's him up. I don't really think. Yeah, nobody's really done um, that yet. Why not the Steelers just pick him up again? Why don't they just have that insurance for, you know, behind Bell? You know, I can see the Steelers doing it, but there are a couple of teams that are in need of a running back. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I know that the Raiders did get Marshawn Lynch down but there. But why not have a safety valve? Why not have him? A proven starter, D'Angelo Williams, has yep. proven in the past that he can why be not, Why not the New York Giants? They need a running back. They do. They do need it. That's a, that's a very good point. They do need a running back. And I mean, honestly, there's there's even there's even sleeper teams, in my opinion, guys like Jacksonville who have just re- just acquired young running backs who could use all the tutelage that they can acquire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, D'Angelo Williams probably has a, a bunch of knowledge for Leonard Fournette. Um, there's you know there's still a need for D'Angelo Williams. I'm just I'm, it's been a lot. You know the. We're almost getting close. We're getting closer to the uh, yeah, NFL season. We're getting close. So I'm All waiting to time. see what's going to happen there. Um, next guy, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, Nick Mangold. We talked about him in previous segments. Um, was the center for the Jets, um, the sorry Jets right now. Uh, I, the Bengals and the Ravens, from what I understand, are still interested in him. And uh, either of those teams definitely need some help there. You know, having having depth on your offensive line is always good, even if he can't play, even if he doesn't start, even if he doesn't play center. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving him to guard is always an option. Uh, he, I think he said he doesn't want to play guard. I, I think he wants to play guard. I think he wants to play yeah. center. Which could be why he's a free agent still. So. Yeah, might be. Um, you know? But, you know, it's it center is a very critical position on the field. Uh, he is not only the guy that snaps the ball, but he's one of the first lines of defense for the quarterback. Uh, so anybody that plays at that position – uh, has got a and really he's, a, he's a real good season veteran. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been to Pro Bowls. He's, he was the focal point, of, you know, the anchor of that offense for the longest time for the Jets. So, I mean, someone could get some value out of him. And in addition to that, I would also like to point out that just over the last couple of years, we've seen the importance of the center position. Uh, we've seen what happens when you get an inexperienced center in the game, high snapping over your head into the end zone for six points or two points. That's true. A uh, Al, I, I'll just go ahead and reference it, a la Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl against Seattle. <laughs> um, next guy, Anquan Bolden. Kind of shocked he's still available. Um, yeah, that is a little shocking. I could see the Ravens, him going back to Baltimore. That would be a good one. The Browns could use him. I could see them doing that. Um, the Bills, another team. Again, they, they, need, they need to give Sammy Watkins some help. Let's, let's, just, um, be, let's just be real real quick, though. Browns are not going to pick him up. They don't make good decisions. Okay. <laughs> um, the I mean, Tyrod Taylor needs help though for the Bills. He really he does. needs some help. He does need some help. And I mean, you know, it's it's funny that we keep going. We keep circle seem to be circling back to on certain uh, teams. Yeah, on circling certain teams. But I think it's funny that Sammy Watkins is coming up in conversation so many times. And you know, this is something that I found particularly interesting. And Sammy Watkins was recently quoted as saying he wanted to get some NBA money, but in my <laughs> In my response to that, Sammy, you got to stay healthy and yes, win football games. Definitely got to stay healthy. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting that we keep pointing to the Bills because if 
you know, I don't, I don't actually know how much longer does Sammy Watkins have on his contract. Uh, this, I think it's his contract this is year. His contract I'm year. pretty sure. Uh, what kind of message does it send for Buffalo to pick up Anquan Bolden, who is a bona fide starter? Well, who, who might sign for that discount? He's also a very seasoned veteran. He he's is. up there in age. I think Sammy Watkins needs to sit down and have a, you know, a real heart to heart with himself, and you know, realize, you know, be honest with yourself and realize that I get, you know, I get injured a lot. Yeah. I, I am worth some money, but I'm not worth the top tier money that he's thinking right now. Yeah. When healthy, he is. And when, he healthy, say, yeah. when healthy, he's definitely worth a lot of money. <clears throat> but you know, this just this is something we really should be keeping an eye on, particularly oh, yeah. with uh, guys like with a receiver like Anquan Bolden circling the market. Uh, you know, look for a team like Buffalo who yeah. might have somebody in their contract year at receiver using it as a potential bargaining chip. Well, if you don't want to sign for that money, that's okay. Right. And, and another guy we're forgetting about in Buffalo is uh, Zay Jones, um, who they drafted. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. going to be a good – I think he'll be a good wide receiver. But, again, you can only ha- – you know, with Sammy Watkins getting hurt all the time, you can only have so many guys. You know what yeah. I mean? So right. you need some good seasoned veterans. Oh, yeah. A lot of guys can learn and from I mean, Anquan. You know, not only can a lot of guys learn from Anquan. Anquan Bolden is a proven big playmaker. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did. He did well plays. for Detroit last year. He did. he did. He did well for him. He's, he's a guy that is going to make the big catch. <clears throat> so. Again, guys, that number seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. If you want to call and be a part of the conversation, or again, like us on our Facebook page, Straight Football Talk. Watch the video live and comment. We want to hear from you guys. Just uh, just a FYI, Ted, yes. uh, I'm looking at our update on straight football talk, and this is just breaking in right now that Sam, this is, the Bills did not pick up the team option on Samuel Watkins' contract. Yes, that is that is correct. Um, and, it, and it only makes sense. Again, his injuries are a concern, and the team is going to express that concern with Sammy and his agent. Yeah. They're, they're going to. And they should, honestly. Uh, they really, they really should. should. Yeah, they definitely. That, you know, with the amount of money – that you have to invest in these players. Right. You know, if you're not healthy, yeah. you're not uh, you're not going to pay off as an investment. So yeah. this is going to really, you know, the injuries are really going to pile up. And I have a feeling that, you know, uh, Austin is raising a very good point that this is probably Sammy's last year. I, would, I, I mean, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Um, let's move on from our free agency, our draft recap, or um, free agency and NFL buzz. Let's move on to our draft recaps. We start with the Washington Redskins. The Skins. <clears throat> First pick for the Washington Redskins, Jonathan Allen, defensive end out of Alabama, round one, pick 17. And, you know, Ted, right off the bat, the first thing that we can say is this was the guy that the Redskins wanted the entire time. I, I would think so, yes. Uh, and he was definitely heavily touted as being one of not only not, not only just being one of the best defensive players, but also just one of the best players in the Yeah, draft. I mean, he was th- – so, that defense was – that was full of NFL talent. Yeah, it, was, you know? it was a deep, yeah. deep defense. defense. And, and he was arguably the focal point in 2016 yeah. – Allen accumulated 69 tackles, uh, 16 for a loss, mm-hmm. and he led the team with 10 and a half sacks. And he did so on the nation's top defense in 2016. That, that's crucial right there. He did all that. He did. And I just want to add in a couple more stats that we didn't, yep. that we left out. He also scored a touchdown on yep. defense 
and he had two pass deflections. And for a defensive tackle to be deflecting, that's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's got he's got to have some vertical on. So and last year he also did all that and won the Chuck uh, Bardnerick Award and the Nagurski Award. Yeah, he um, did win the Ben Eric, didn't he? Yeah, and as the nation's to- and that was as the nation's top defensive player. Yeah. Um, in his career, he has accumulated two, 28 and a half sacks, which is second in school history. That's pretty darn good. Um, mm-hmm. Allen has a ton of potential as um, as a talent, as a leader, and as an athlete. He's also, by the way, accumulated 44 and a half TFLs, yeah. which is Tremendous number yeah. of TFLs. Yeah. In the past three seasons, he's played 43 games. Leading up to the draft, it almost seemed certain that Allen would be a top five pick. So what happened? Why did Allen uh, drop all the way down to the pick 17 in the draft? Well, for starters, Allen had laziness tag put, uh, put on him. Yep. That's never yeah. good. He did. I don't, I don't his motor. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really believe that because I don't think Nick Saban would put up with laziness, but – there was a tag on there for that. Um, there's also a question whether or not Allen was able to do so well because of the talent around him. You know, and we've seen and this. That's a good point that you bring up because we've seen this a lot of times yeah. in the draft, uh, particularly. We've seen a lot of players be on stack teams. Uh, yeah. Case in point, we saw the same thing with um, Mitchell Trubisky yeah. uh, for a minute, even though, you know, maybe some of the talent around him wasn't that good. He did have a really good receiving course. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people were saying, you know, Mitchell is not that great. He just has really good receivers. Uh, we've heard that argument a lot of times, but I, I, did, I tend to disagree with that uh, because he's playing, he's playing defensive tackle, and as a defensive leader on his team, he is still accumulating all these sacks. He may have been surrounded by an elite defense, but the def- would the defense have been elite without him is the real question. Well, another thing that scouts have concerns with is his size for a defensive end. Uh, standing at 6'3", 208. No, he's a, he's an end. He, he came in as an end. Yep. Okay. I would say that the Redskins are going to put him at back. Yeah, because I have Because I have them shifting him to defensive tackle. Yeah, because he's standing at 6'3". That's perfect. And 286 pounds. That's perfect size for a defensive tackle. Um, scouts are saying that he lacks the height. Um, teams look for a defensive end, and that if he was to be moved to the inside, that he would need to bulk up a little bit, probably close, a little closer to the 300 pound range. Um, and finally, oh, we got lost connection. One second. There we go. There we are. Sorry about that, guys. Lost a little bit of a connection there. Um, And finally, Allen had labral tears in both his shoulders and had to have surgery on them. And now his left shoulder is moderately arthritic, and his right shoulder has mild arthritis. And that that is my real concern. Yeah. his longevity in the league. Yeah, I mean, now something that... He does have to prove that he can... Um, something that's encouraging about those surgeries is that he had those surgeries during his collegiate career and still posted big numbers up, as well as 21 bench reps at the Combine. Which is... Which is good. Impressive. Yeah, it's good. Um, and with him having the surgeries during college, being able to put up the numbers he did, and being able to bench uh, press 21 reps, that, you know, that looks good. You know what I mean? It, he, it helps... It Smooth out the concern. Raise his draft stock yeah. for the Redskins. Um, you know, we were looking at a top, again top five talent dropped all the way down to seventeen. You know, Redskins have to be happy with it. Um, wishing him the best, obviously. Yeah, good good luck to him, especially in that division. Moving on from Mr. Allen, not only did the Redskins go with another defensive player, but they went 
and got another defensive player from Alabama. Alabama. Ryan Anderson, outside linebacker, Alabama. <laughs> round two, <laughs> round two, pick seventeen. With the Redskins having one of the worst defenses last year, they doubled down in selecting two starters from college football's top defense in order to help bolster their own defense. We've talked about it before, um, and not only drafted good players, but when you get guys from the same team on the same side of the ball, the chemistry is there. Yeah, there, there's going to be a chemistry there, and that team and the team, the NFL team is going to benefit from and it. And Ted, there's something yeah. I want to bring up about this kid that I really like. Yeah, he's a hitter. He is a big-time hitter. If you look at his career, he not only uh, recovered three fumbles in his career, uh, or, or last season, I should say, he forced four fumbles last season. And you know what that means. This guy is a smash-mouth tackler, and if there's one thing that you have to be yeah. in the NFC East. Anywhere in the NFL. Well, anywhere in the NFL, yeah. but especially yeah. when you've got running backs like Ezekiel Elliott yeah. bearing down on you. Yeah. Uh, that smash mouth is going to come in handy. Well, and Anderson also joins a linebacker core that consists of Ryan Kerrigan, Indeed. Zach Brown. Oh, yeah. With Kerrigan being one of the focal points on the Redskins defense since, since 2011, and Brown being one of the NFL's most prolific tacklers last season, Anderson, Ryan Anderson, that is, will have some great veterans to learn from and will be able, may be able to earn our starting role. Indeed. And if wow. he posts even, even moderate, close to what he did last season. Yeah, uh, this well. is a huge win for the Redskins, who just struggled to stop anything and everything Absolutely. a season ago. So um, definitely something to keep your eye on. He, I think he was the better pickup than than uh, than Allen, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I honestly think he, I actually think he might be uh, one of my favorite picks that the Redskins had. Uh, because not mine. No, not yours. No. You know who my favorite oh, is. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, I know. I know um, who your favorite is. Moving move on from uh, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. A little Matrix reference. Yeah, right? a little, <laughs> little ma- Matrix in there. Um, next guy. Fabian Morel. Yeah. Is anyone having deja vu? Much like his fellow rival, Sidney Jones, Fabian Moreau, cornerback out of UCLA, was a first-round talent. That is until he tore his pectoral muscle at his pro day. But good news is that he had time to rest and heal and get back to form um, since he will be behind Josh Norman, um, Breland. um, That allows him to get healed up, get the rest that he needs. Um, And, that I mean, again, that's always a good thing. You want to be able to heal, get healthy and everything. Um, Another thing to keep in mind with Fabian is that he transitioned from the running back position to the cornerback position, right. which helps show his athleticism and versatility. The Redskins will also get excited about this prospect being six foot, 206 pounds. He's got a thick frame. He does. And one of the things that I do like about Moreau is that he is incredibly disruptive in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not have posted a lot of interceptions, but <clears throat> over his career, 21 pass deflections. That's good. And that – is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, that is pretty impressive. So, and with and with his size, I mean, with his six foot, two hundred six pound size, he's got exceptional speed and quickness. He does. He ran a four three five in the forty yard dash, and eleven point four five in the sixty yard shuttle. Something Fabian will have to work on is he needs to find and track the ball down faster while it's in the air, as he has a um, 
an excessive amount of pass interference calls yeah. and defensive holding penalties. Well, he is a very one. This is this is a, one thing that you do have to watch out for with aggressive defensive players. Yeah, is that they are more likely to get. He just needs to be a little more disciplined. But a little that's bit it. more disciplined, and that's going to come. And he's yeah. gonna, and he's going to have the benefit of being under Norman. Yeah, and the others, and that he's going to learn from some good guys. Learn from yeah, some very good players. Yeah, absolutely. This next guy. I'd say this oh, is man. my favorite pick. This is, this is this is your favorite pick. And you know what? If it weren't for that, the fact that I just really like hard hitting defenses, this would have been my favorite pick. Next guy, Samaje Perrine, oh, running back out of Oklahoma, round four, pick seven. The Redskins defense needed some serious uh, tender love and care, some serious TLC, right? Yes, they did. But let us not forget that the Redskins also ranked 29th in red zone touchdown efficiency, and their backfield was also in some serious need of a number one every down back. And they got just that in prime. And think about it. They potentially got their man in round four. And, you know, Ted, when we talked about the draft, I sang the praises yep. of Perrine. Yeah, you did. Uh, and I told you guys, I said, uh, and, I, and I told everybody, I said, you know, Samaje Perrine is probably pound for pound one of the best backs. It's oh, yeah. the best back in the draft, uh, barring Fournette, of course, with all of his athleticism. But Samaj Perrine, this is, this is something that you should look at. He had 196 rushing attempts in an offense that predominantly passed the ball. I mean, they, right. I mean Oklahoma passed the ball about 40 times a game. Right. And he then, still had 196 <laughs> attempts for over 1,000 yards, and he scored 12 touchdowns. Yeah, and, and that's, averaged five yards. That's also carry. considering the fact that Joe Mixon was part of that. You Correct. know what I mean? So they, they, he stole some of his touches from Perrine. So, I mean, the, he, made, he made it count. He made every play that Perrine was on the field for, he made count. Uh, and that is something that he's a workhorse. Yeah. And he, that's what Redskins mean. Yeah. The, Perrine is a bruiser runner. He is powerful, wins in getting short yardage, and is a downhill runner. As of right now, Rob Kelly is considered to be the number one guy. However, I wouldn't be surprised if the Redskins fans don't have some Alfred Morris flashbacks coming on here and see Perrine just take off at some point this season. And you know what? That's not even the best part. Uh, if Kelly produces at a decent rate, Samaje Perrine is used to being a number two back. That's true. And he's used to coming in and being the one-two punch. One of the re- major reasons, something we didn't talk about, and a lot of people in the draft didn't analyze, was the fact that one of the reasons that Samaje Perrine did have as many touchdowns as he did in the offense that he was playing in is because he was the – uh, go-to red zone running back. Yeah, he was the goal line guy. Uh, so with his size, his athleticism, he may not have to be the workhorse season one. He may just be the guy that punches in a lot punches of in the, Yeah, and fantasy, watch out. Fantasy football, baby. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, for real. Um, you know I, you know what else I like about Perrine? You know what? There's people out there that say he ran a 4-6. Uh, that's not very fast. That's true. It's not very fast. But this man also put up 30 bench reps. This man is also – I mean, he, he – when he I say a bruiser, he is a bruiser. He is incredibly strong. And for those of you uh, that don't know, I happen to have gone to Texas Tech, um, and I am very familiar with Perrine. <laughs> Having seen him in two seasons, I can tell you right now, this is a guy who was known yes. for shedding tackles. Not just shedding, just and, and just barreling over yeah, people. Yeah, they were uh, he falling was, off. He them. was at one point in time uh, the one-two punch when uh, – when Oklahoma had uh, their quarterback, everybody called him Belldozer. Uh, but uh, at that time, uh, Mick, between him and Mixon, uh, Oklahoma was considered to have the most prolific running game, only behind yeah. West Virginia, yeah. uh, who had 
who had like four running backs running the ball all season. So. Big D, we should probably get off of Perrine. Yep. We're gonna we're, we could talk about Jeremy it all day. Sprinkle. Yeah, um, Jeremy Sprinkle. Yes, round five. Good pick too. Actually, you were missing a guy. Did I? Did I yep. skip one? You skipped a guy. I did. Next kid, Monte Nicholson, oh, yep, safety out of Michigan State, round four, pick seventeen. Coming into college, uh, college, Nicholson was a former All-State football player and a three-time track champion during his senior year in high school. And from there, he went on to college and started for the Spartans as a true freshman, staying at 6'2", 212 pounds. My God. There we go. 212 pounds. Sorry about that, guys. Um, and running a 4.42 in the 40-yard dash. Nicholson brings a very nice combination of size and speed. Though his collegiate career, Nicholson did not have a very big impact. His tape and game footage is pretty bland and lacks the playmaking production you'd want to see yeah. out of a safety, um, especially a big guy like that. He will be behind the likes of D'Angelo Hall, DJ Swearinger, and Sue Cravens. I always screw that up. Um, if you get some savvy veteran leadership, but I think what has me scratching my head the most on this pick is that according to NFL.com, Nicholson wasn't even projected to be drafted. So why not wait on this guy? And get him in a later round, and get to use this pick to get somebody yeah, else. Yeah, this for me was a real head scratcher with the skins. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Redskins had a lot of picks, yeah. but I just don't know if I would have I, I would have spent this earlier pick on him. Uh, and honestly, with the amount of depth that they have at that position, I mean, those older guys they don't have. Yeah, youth I mean, there. they do have older guys, and they're looking for youth. But at this point, my my question is, do you really think at this point in the draft that this guy is a guy that could potentially make your team? Just you know, I mean, right? I, he's he's not very he's not very flashy, and you know, I know a lot of people would say, well, the point of his safety is to you know cover the middle of the field, and he was part of that no fly zone defense that Michigan State was talking about the whole time they were right. there. But uh, you know, if you look at his game film, it's just like you said, it's it's bland, it's boring. He 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 was not known for being a prolific playmaker, right? And that to me is just this is the same thing. I, I have to say that's the loss. Uh, that's an L on the pick right there. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on from Nicholson, we don't want to bash him too hard there, Big D. Yep. Jeremy Sprinkle, tight end out of Arkansas, round five, pick 10. Coming into a situation where he knows he will be a backup, right? I mean, yes. Sprinkle will be, be behind the likes of Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, and Niles Paul. And to be quite honest, this is a depth pick. However, Reed does get nicked up from time to time. Vernon Davis isn't getting any younger, and Niles Paul really isn't that much of a stiff competition. Yeah. Sprinkle does bring in nice size and has some good pass catching ability. He's standing at 6'5, 252 pounds. Um, he started 11 games for the Razorback last year. Um, from those 11 starts, he was able to catch 33 catches, um, 380 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, in case you didn't know, Sprinkle did not play for the bowl game last year. When your college team goes to a bowl game and you get gift bags for your hard work and getting to said bowl game, right? So, like, you get yeah. you go to the bowl game, you go to the national championship, wherever it is, you're going to get some kind of gift bag. They always do. The Razorbacks made it to the Belk Bowl. And as part of their gift bag, each player was able to spend $450 at Belk Department Store. Isn't that nice? Yeah, real nice. That's real nice. Apparently, that $450 wasn't enough, and Sprinkle decided to take more than that from the store and was arrested for shoplifting. 
earning him a suspension from the bowl game. He was supposed to play in the Belk Bowl game, ended up stealing from Belk's department store. You can't make that stuff up. You know, and this is just a – this to me, I just don't understand. $450. Yeah, I mean, what, what, yeah, yeah. what more did you want? I, I, yeah. What was Belk having to sail on that I don't know about? <laughs> right. Um, but, just, one, but the other thing, to circle back to a positive, one thing I will point out is that Jeremy Sprinkle averaged an astounding 11 and a half yards per catch. Yeah, he did good. So, um, you know, despite his uh, foolish <laughs> – his foolish. Uh, yeah, why don't why don't I think we should have a Homer Simpson yeah, moment. Do need this. No. Why? Just <laughs> why? why? That's all I have to say. I think that. you have a little little fun with that. I, I have. Yeah, I do. You know that that's that's our. You know that's just why. But the eleven and a half yards per catch is something I want to talk about. Yeah. In a in a league that we're all about production. Yeah, and passing, uh, and, pa- and especially in the passing game, if. Somebody on that offense can't go. You know, Vernon Davis or somebody slips out of the rotation because yep. they're hurt. Anything can happen in the season. Having a guy that can go out and get catches like that yeah. with his size and athleticism, kind of exciting. And then the only flip side I have to that is if you're making bonehead moves like that, yeah. you can't play. You're not going to play. You know, I think I just – come I, on, man. Come on. Give him one more dough. That's a double. That's a double dough. Double. Double. double dip. That's a double dip there. <laughs> Don't do that. Moving on for Mr. Sprinkle. 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 Chase Rowler, center out of Wyoming. And I like this pick. Round six, pick 15. This was a solid pickup later in the draft. The Redskins needed some um, completion or competition. Wow, completion. Competition and depth in their interior line. Chase has experience at the center position as well as the guard position, which just makes him that much more versatile. That makes him more valuable to the team. Um, I love that. You know, the guy, big guys that can move around, you, you're going you're gonna to like that. that. Yeah. For his final year, Chase was put at the center position and earned first-team all-conference, and his team wound up reaching the 2016 Mountain West Championship game. Not saying that he, had, he was the sole reason they made it to their conference, but he did protect the quarterback, and he did, you know, block for their star running back, Brian Hill. A lack of length will make it hard for him to block against athletic interior linemen, but he does have a thick lower body, and he I, he he did pretty well for the for Wyoming. You know, one thing I'm glad you brought up <laughs> the fact that he was uh, a, a true anchor for that yeah, offensive he was. line on for sure for Wyoming. But one of the things that I also want to bring up is not only was he the anchor for that offense for that offense, um, he was he was a great team leader for that team. Absolutely, and very a very vocal leader. And in addition to that, that is actually the best season that Wyoming's had in quite a long time. A long time. time, yeah. And the major reason for that success is in the past, they were not able to protect the quarterback at all in yeah. a division that boasted uh, very pesky defenses such as San Diego State. Yeah. And who did they take to the very <laughs> bitter end in that championship game but San Diego State? Well, and I mean, like I said, I'm not saying he did it all himself, but he did protect the quarterback. He, he did protect you the know, quarterback quite well. Blocked for the game. running back, yeah. yeah. So, I mean – I think the I think you know and again, I local, love his versatility. Lo, local um, guy around here, around where we're at, yeah. um, Corey Lichtensteiger, he was center slash guard, yeah. you know, for the Redskins. He's now retired. You might fill in his role here. Yeah. yeah, something to think about. Something to think about. Which, by the way, in case you guys don't know, we are trying to get a hold of Corey Lichtensteiger to come on the show actually be a part of the show with us. Great. Yes, that would be awesome. I'd love to have him on I'd here. I'd love to have him on. Moving on. Robert Davis. 
Robert Davis, wide receiver out of Georgia State, round six, pick 25. Looking at Davis skin deep, he is another big wide receiver standing at 6'3", 219 pounds, as well as having 33-inch long arms. Yeah, he's got quite the length. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty good. And running a 4.44 in the 40-yard dash isn't bad either. The last two years at Georgia State, Davis was a first-team all-conference pick. This pickup for the Redskins, for now, is a depth pick. And he will have the opportunity to grow and hone in on his talents. But, I mean, there again, depth, injuries, you know, he might get some, you know, yeah. playing time, a couple passes here and there, but sticks around for a couple years. Could be, yeah. yeah, could be somebody to keep an eye on for sure. Um, well, one one thing I do, do want to point out is that I noticed that he uh, he racked up uh, 968 jumping yep. yards last yep. year. I think but, he did something like that the year before, yeah, too. Yeah, he did. But one thing I do want to point out is that he averaged 14.4 yards per catch. That's good. And he was also pretty good at yards at the contact. So yeah. something to keep an eye on. Oh, He's yeah. He's a pretty tough guy. Yeah, definitely tough. This next pick is another pick uh, that I have a – it's kind of a head-scratcher, guys. Um, but it is round seven. Let's just go on to it. Wow. Josh Harvey Clemens, safety, out of Louisville, round seven, pick 12. Heading to Georgia for college football, Josh was the number one outside linebacker recruit. It looked like he was going to have a promising career until – you want to give me a dope? Oh, come on. Come on. Go! Why? Until he was suspended two times for failed marijuana tests, which led to his dismal or dismissal uh, from oh, Georgia. Oh, a dismal dismissal. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You get a dismissal for this, sir. Come on now. Come on. Josh has great size, athletic traits, and has the swagger and potential to be an alpha player. He could be used as a safety slash linebacker hybrid. I've, I've seen some reports of him going to the linebacker. But he's a little skinny but could definitely bulk up. But with multiple failed drug tests in college, he could very well end up testing positive again, which doesn't help anyone. Give another dough, Big D. Yep, yep. He, did, he had two of them. Go! You get a triple dip. You get a dip. Come on. <laughs> and one thing, uh, you know, from straight football touch page here, yeah. off topic, Sure. Wyoming's quarterback's projected to be a top quarterback in 2018. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yeah, yep. Uh, Mr. Harvey Clemens. I uh, again, it's a seventh round pick. It's you know, it's not, it's a low risk, high reward kind of thing. So if he does pan out, he he works out for him. You yeah. know, good. We got him in the seventh round. But if he doesn't pan out, well, we only spent a seventh round draft pick. On True. Him. Uh, Austin brings up another good point. Uh, if you take away eight yards from Pryor's receiving yards from last year, Washington has zero one thousand yard receivers on last year. Wow. Something I did not realize. Yeah. I mean, so that wide but, but, might, uh, but Terrell Pryor is getting his first good quarterback, too. That's He's true. getting Kirk Cousins. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Joshua Holsey next. Yes. Josh Holsey, cornerback out of Auburn, round seven, pick 17. Holsey was kept from participating at this year's combine, which has put a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Holsey has suffered from not just one ACL injury, but two of them. One coming back from 2013, another one from 2015. Last year, he was able to put up 27 solo tackles as well as three interceptions. If he can manage to stay healthy, he may earn a roster spot. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, I thought about this pick. He's he's got some. He, he's put up some good numbers when he was healthy. Yeah. But I don't like this pick. You don't like this pick. I don't like this pick. I don't like it because 
Um, it's the second pick we've seen where we've got a history of injury. Yeah. Uh, which does not bode well for you in a league that where injuries happen all too often. Yeah, I mean, not only second pick for injury-prone guy, they've also had two picks now where they've had um, off the field guys with off the field issues. Yeah, something we've talked about. So let's give the Redskins a draft grade. Um, we're going to be doing a commercial break here in a little bit. Um, we'll, but for, before we go to commercial, let's see the dra- draft grade. Before I give the grade, though, i got to give my little synopsis of the Redskins. Overall, this wasn't a bad draft class, especially the first four picks. I love those picks. But after that, there are some question marks. As I mentioned earlier, Nicholson was projected to go undrafted. And so to select him in the fourth round just didn't make any sense. I would have much rather seen them get some, select someone like Desmond King out of Iowa, who was selected in the fifth round, so he was still on the board, and has, has a much better resume. Not to mention prospects like they picked up um, with off-the-field issues. We just talked about it. Neither one is that big of a risk since they were both drafted in later rounds, but it still doesn't help your team when you have players making bonehead decisions. Give them another Joe, Big come, D. Come on, Washington. You know, you've got to get it to Come on now. Now, I think we're going to go to commercial break. I'm going to load that up there, Big D. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft recap, and the Jeff Reed interview is coming up, guys. Stay tuned. Big D, you might need a dull moment here. I I might need more. I'm about to let a rock west coast hip hop and you know my most stock girl let me be pop got your own eye spot just like I had a ball let me be drop now bring it down to the floor one potato two potato three potato four once you got it low pick it up real slow roll roll Attention business owners, website owners, Uh event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin on the street? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lie. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message is brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. 
Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. So, welcome back, guys. This is Straight Football Talk. Sorry about the mishap. Big D, are you going to load up a dough there for yourself? I am. I'm going to load up a dough. Guys, Wow, that was... Uh... That was my fault. I was, I, uh, that was hilarious is what that was. <laughs> Not really sure. That was go! The show for the day. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a down, downward spiral there. Not really sure what we were going for there. Yeah. I, wow. Anyways, picking up to O.J. Howard. Yes. Draft recap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had a decent draft. Didn't have a lot of picks, but pretty good draft. Yeah. First pick, O.J. Howard, tight end out of Alabama. That's the third Alabama player we Which talked we, about. Yeah, yeah. Round one, pick 19. As if the Buccaneers didn't look scary on offense already, they had a 6'6", long-armed, well-balanced tight end. He, <clears throat> yeah, and on top of that, he has wide receiver speed, running a 4-5-1 in the 40. Oh, yeah. And also putting up 22 bench reps. So he's fast, he's strong, he can catch. It's like having a big wide receiver. The guy averages – Almost 16 yards per catch. You got to whisper to me. Whisper to me. 16, uh, 15 yards plus per catch. Yeah. Come on, baby. And he was actually underutilized in Bama, believe it or not. Yeah. Underutilized. Oh, I don't. I don't not believe it. <clears throat> um, with Mike Evans, Djax, Cameron Bray, and now OJ Howard on this offense, this offense is poised to put up big numbers. And Winston will like having Howard blocking for him and being a nice safety valve for him to throw to as well. Where Lane Kiffin underutilized Howard, you can bet Dirk Cotter will make up for it in this coming season. Actually, in this coming season. He's not going to be there one year. He's going to be there oh, multiple years. Yeah, and, you know, if he posts, posts the kind of even – I mean, I'm expecting him to get a lot more touches, so I'm expecting him to put up some better numbers than what he put up, which his numbers yeah. were very impressive. But I'm actually yeah. expecting him to get a lot more involved in this offense, get a lot more touches. Uh, if uh, – Oh, fantasy implications. Uh, honestly, if Howard starts, and I don't know why he wouldn't be starting, uh, I think he could be a good sleeper in, in your fantasy. Well, he's not – I mean, he's going to be good in fantasy. Don't get me wrong. He's def, definitely a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, obviously, a guy like Rob Gronkowski is probably going to go before oh, him. For sure. You're probably looking at, like, mid-round, somewhere around there. Yeah. If you go and get him at round three, you're reaching. He's a rookie, guys. Remember, he's a rookie. I said this with Ezekiel Elliott last year. As much as we – we're all banking on Ezekiel Elliott doing well because of their offensive line, how talented Zeke is. We weren't sure because he's a rookie. We don't know. Well, you know, OJ, OJ is an unknown quantity yeah. uh, at this point. But as far as the fantasy implications go, it looks good. It, it, it looks, looks good. good. Uh, if he's available in your fourth, fifth round, you need a tight end still. 
Um, may may look at them. Another thing to consider if you want to be a pessimist about it, there is Mike Evans, there's DJX, Cameron true. Bray. They've got Doug Martin come back after four game suspension. Um, they, you know, there's some options for Winston to throw to other than OJ Howard, and so that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, and there's another pickup in this draft yeah. at Tampa Bay that I'd like that I can't wait till we get to. Yeah, uh, and it's going to speak to that Doug Martin issue. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on from OJ Howard now. Justin Evans, safety out of Texas A&M, round two, pick 18. Coming out of high school, Evans was a pitcher in baseball, a wide receiver, and a defensive back in football. Yeah, tremendous athlete. Yeah, which shows just how athletic he is. I mean, it really does. Justin can definitely earn a starting role in this mediocre Tampa Bay safety core. He has a good wrap-up tackler um, that is also a big-time hitter, which is awesome. Always. When, when he can delay the big hit and wrap it up, you, you've got a good guy and there. don't forget, four, four interceptions. Yeah. Very um, impressive. And he also made um, an interception that not a lot of safeties can make. I believe it was against UCLA. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a stud. Look, he's looking like a stud. Um, with the Bucks in position to go after the NFC South title and, you know, to play against the likes of Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan – they're going to have to need a playmate. They're going to need a playmaking safety. They are um, on the back end that helps them stop the passes, like you know that we've been seeing from the yeah. uh, NFC South. Um, and then he's going to have to play against the likes of um, Calvin Benjamin, um, Julio Jones. There's some big guys there. Mike Thomas in New Orleans, big time guys there. They're going to need some help. He's going to help them. Do you want anything to you want to add anything to that? No, I think uh, <coughs> one of the things. I think the only thing I'd add is I really do like his athleticism, but I like his size even more. Six one. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got he's got the height to keep up with some of them. Yeah, guys. absolutely. So next guy, he was talked. This guy was talked about quite a bit, yeah. and then it was kind of fizzled out there uh, when he was drafting. Chris Godwin, wide receiver, Penn, out of Penn State, uh, round three, pick twenty. Talk about a tough hill to climb, though. Godwin will be behind Mike Evans, Djax, and Adam Humphreys, and will have a hard time finding any targets right away. Um, so we will have to, he'll have to make the most of it every pass thrown his way. Um, yeah. But learning from these veterans should help Godwin as well. Um, he's very competitive, excellent ball skills. Um, he will need to work on his initial quickness, separation, and his route running. Um, and he'll have time to hone those skills um, right. after a couple years under his belt. Uh, and could be a viable option later down the road for Winston. I mean, you think about it. <coughs> excuse me again. Sorry. No, no um, You think about it. Djax isn't getting any younger. He's getting yeah, up he's there in age a little bit, um, especially his game style, you know, a speed wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans is still young. But, again, Godwin has some time a couple years down the road to, to become a viable I see, option. I see him getting uh, at least a season or two before we really start seeing him get utilized. If we do yeah. see him utilized, it'll be in special teams. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I, I like how you bring up special teams because it's it's very true. Um, and Andrew, guy commented here on our uh, page, if Djax gets hurt, it could help too. Very true. It could hurt. It, it, it could definitely help them uh, if uh, Djax gets hurt. Um, I mean, so I see nothing wrong with this pick. I, I like the pick. Uh, it's a solid receiver, and you know, you look at it. Third, you know, what is that? Uh, second round, right? Second, third, third round. Yeah, that third round. Yeah. They, uh, not not bad. If you can still get a if you can still get a, a good receiver in the third fourth rounds, I mean you're doing pretty good for yourself. Well, now that you bring that up, I mean the Steelers, Heinz Ward, Mike yeah. Wallace, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah, you know those guys, yeah, you know a couple those of guys. Yeah. I know I, I've heard of I've heard of a few. 
few of those guys. Antonio Brown was like round five or six. Yeah. So yeah, those later round receivers sometimes pan out and turn out to be yeah. really, 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 good. really good. Yeah. Just keep that in mind, guys. Uh, and also, one thing I also want to point out sure. about Godwin is that uh, there was a lot of people that said that Godwin was overrated. Coming into the they, talk, they, they talked about him a lot, and like I said, once he got drafted, it just and, kind of fizzled out. And I think uh, I think that might also help him in the long run too, because that's going to put a massive chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I think having, all, yeah, you know, I think I'm overrated. I'll I show was, you. I, I yeah. was hot stuff, you know, a week or two before the draft, and everybody just forgot all about me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next guy, Kendall Beckwith, inside linebacker at LSU, round three, pick 43. Beckwith was a productive starter over the past two years for the LSU Tigers. In 2015, he was second on, um, on the team with 84 tackles, 10 of which were for a loss, and he also had three and a half sacks. In 2016, as a senior, he led the team with 80, or 91 tackles, uh, six for a loss, until he tore his ACL against the Florida Gators. He has good size. He's 6'2", 243 pounds. Whether he can bounce back from uh, his ACL injury, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, special teams guy, backup role for the Bucks, and he could, he could again, another third-round guy could eventually become a good starter. Yeah, um, not a bad pickup. Uh, it's always good to have more on defense. If he stays healthy, he could be a, a contributor in this season. Mm-hmm. He could really be a big playmaker. Yeah, for them. I mean, I, I'm Especially not, I'm not wild about it just because he is coming off an ACL injury. Yeah. I think, to me, that's that's hurting him. And they could have went with somebody else, but there again, if he pans out and does get healthy, this could this could re- really benefit the Buccaneers. Yeah, they, they do need help at linebacker. But it's but Ted, it's for me, it's all about this next pick. <laughs> this is this is where Tampa Bay nailed it. Yeah, for me. Next pick, Jeremy Nichols or McNichols, excuse me, don't want to screw that up. Jeremy McNichols, running back out of Boise State, round five, pick eighteen. Jeremy ranked in the top ten last year in rushing yards per game. 138 yards, points, 138.6, we'll say it like that, mm-hmm. yards per game. That's impressive. Very. And he also had uh, 2,255 all-purpose yards, and he also caught 37 passes for 474 yards and four touchdowns, which allowed him to repeat as a second-team all-conference award member. Yeah, and his last year. Yeah. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry, per ran carry. for 1,700 yards, yeah. and had 23 touchdowns. Exactly. And the Bucks, the their backfield has its issues. One, coming from fellow Boise State player Doug Martin, getting going to be suspended for a couple of games. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I really like this pick. Yeah. Not only does this uh, pick say, well, we've got uh, a, a, a definitely a guy capable of starting. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, but it also sends a little bit of a message to Doug Martin. Uh, get it in gear. We're ready to move on. Because we are ready to move on. Yeah. And best thing about this is don't be surprised if during that time when Doug Martin's going to be suspended, don't be surprised if Jeremy gets more touches. Yeah. That's something to keep in mind, too. And we could see a Doug Martin thing happen. And if he shines. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, if he, if he even puts up. What, if, he, if he even averages four yards a carry, yeah, that's he a success. Can, he may get more touches because of it. And, then, you know, if he starts becoming the hot hand, they'll start feeding they want, him. Yeah, and then Doug Martin could be a thing of the past. Could be. Uh, so something to keep an eye on definitely is that situation there because, uh, where, you know, opportunity's knocking. Yes. Next guy. This last name 
It's very hard to pronounce, so bear with me here. Uh, Tuik Lavatu. Stevie Tuiko Lavatu. Tuiko Lavatu. Right wow. there. They even yeah. spelled it. They even had the pronunciation well, for I'm me. Glad, I'm glad. <laughs> they did that. Yeah. A little harder to say. Nose tackle out of USC, round seven, pick five. This is one of my one of my favorite picks for the Buccaneers. It really is. Really it's, like a, it's a it's a it's a it's a feel good story. <clears throat> Beginning his college career at Utah, he de- and then he decided to transfer at USC, where he wound up being second team All Conference by making 53 stops and two tackles for a loss. As a nose tackle, that's hard to do. It really is. Yeah. Um, he has experience eating up double team uh, double teams on the uh, O line, um, which will help the rest of the defensive line um, get to the quarterback or the running back. I've said it before, and I say, I'll say it again. Defensive tackles are some of the most generous players on a football team. Why? Because they eat a lot of double teams or blocks up in order for the defensive end or other blitzing player to get that to get in the backfield and get that sack or get that tackle for loss. Uh, again, generous. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I really like about him is that he still managed to recover four fumbles. So yep. he's got a definite. There's there's something I like about him in particular in that hustle. Yeah. Uh, and he's a big boy. He's 320 pounds. Yeah, he's, he's got the, he's got the um, uh, awareness. He's got the awareness yeah. to know that there's a fumble on the ground and recover four of them in a season. And yeah. that, uh, for a big guy, it's, I, you know, it's for those impressive. people who are not as familiar with the defensive tackle position, uh, you know, you not only are you eating a lot of the double teams, you're going to be at the bottom of a lot of piles. Oh, yeah. Um, you're going to be the guy – you're going to be the first guy that is going to not only eat a double team, you're probably going to be the guy that gets run over by the runner. Yeah. Um, so, this is – to me, this is a great pickup. Yeah, and he was projected to go in between rounds four and five, right in that, right in that yeah. area, and the Bucks got him with a great value pickup at round seven. Yeah. Now, the feel-good part of it. Stevie was actually living in his car near the USC campus last summer until he was cleared by the NCAA to receive student housing, and now he's on a professional uh, yeah. football team. How I mean, how how awesome is that? He goes from living in his car trying to get by, yeah, you know, and now he's on. Now he's you know, making money. I think this also speaks <coughs> volumes. It's a testament to uh, his work ethic. It's a testament to not only his work ethic but his resilience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's one thing you really have to have in the NFL, especially yeah. uh, if you're on, a de- on if you're on the defensive line or offensive yeah. line. Resilience is a quality you can't have enough. Of. I mean, resilience, work ethic, tenacity—you could all bundle that up oh, together. Yeah. That 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 shows his character. It does, you know. And I mean, the Buccaneers have to be happy with getting him again at a good value value pick. But again, he's probably going to have a good head on his shoulders. Oh I would yeah, say, you know. You know, and and it's a player like this uh, who you kind of. You, you kind of keep an eye on and see yeah. where they're at down the line. I think potentially, you know, yeah. with the kind of character, this is the kind, a good kind of character to have in your locker room. Yeah, I mean, and he uh, may be a rotational player now, but who knows? He could end up getting a good starting role. He could pan out to be a great pick to these guys. And, you know, it's not even just that. It's not even to me the fact that he could be a great pick. Yeah. It's the character. Exactly. Uh, we've been talking about it a lot in this in this particular episode today about the the issue with not having leadership. This is a young man who seems exactly. to have not only got a good head on his shoulders, exactly. he's a leader. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about guys like Joe Mixon, who, you know, bonehead moves. Bonehead moves. Um, you know, talk about the guys earlier. You look at those guys and you just go, man, what are you doing? And then you see these guys, you know. And then Fly you, under the radar. Yeah, and, and then, or you, like Rashawn Sly we interviewed. Yeah. He's trying to get his Same shot. Thing. 
you, so you know what I mean? Like he's a he's a good guy. He's try, you know trying to make it to an NFL team. You you pull for those guys because you really know good. you know that the, there's some guys out there that just throw it away. Yeah. You know. And it's a shame when we see it happen, but I'm really glad that this is working out for Stevie. I wish him the best of luck. I, yeah. think, really I think we all do. I, I really want to see him have a success. We've got a comment here. Um, not so generous with sharing their food plate, though. Talk about the defensive tackles. He's supposed to be a big boy. <laughs> He's got to eat, right. man. Big boy's got to eat. <clears throat> Before it, I'll say it again. Hey, big boys, big bucks, boys. Yeah, that's right. If that means forking over a little bit extra at the buffet table, get out of the way. <laughs> that's, that's definitely right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft grade. Not going to tell you just yet. We've got to give the synopsis. Go in. They didn't have a lot of draft picks, but they made the most of what they had. They got a stud, tight end, and Howard, who is almost certain to make an impact on this offense. They shirt up their secondary with a potential starter at safety. Got a great rotational uh, nose tackle on the seventh. That was supposed to go earlier. You got a productive running back to help smooth out the issues at running back that they have right now. Talking about you, Doug Martin. You got a solid depth pick for their wideout court. They did get a productive inside linebacker in the third, but it's hard to come back from an ACL injury, and that's a bit concerning. So I gave these guys, because what, they have six picks, right? I think they did, yeah, six. Well, let's not make this a, you know, we don't want to say pick six because it'll be a Jay Cutler game then. Oh, Jay, come on. Um, but, yeah, so they had six picks. They may, pretty much made the most of what they could. I feel like they did really well. The the one thing I'm not so sure about is our earlier pick of, of – uh, what was that fellow's name again? I don't want to get it wrong. Beckwith? Yeah. The inside linebacker, yeah. I thought I was saying. Yeah, the Beckwith, Beckwith uh, <laughs> was the only, the only pick I found to be a little bit suspect. Yep. Uh, I'm always a little bit leery of players uh, who, get who, injured. who get injured. Yeah. Uh, and especially those that are, you know, just coming off injury. That and, and that big of an injury, it'd be different if it yeah. was like a broken finger or you something. Know, like that. We're talking about an ACL. You know, this is, and and we see this all the time in the NFL. Uh, MCL, ACL injuries yeah. are a huge concern right um, now. Well, you know, next week we're going to be talking with Ron Dixon. He tore his PCL, yeah, and that pretty much ended his career. Uh, so. so you know, there's a lot of players that they tear a ligament like that, and it's and it's done. They're done, and yeah. if they do come back. Uh, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to say that this will happen, but when they do come back, uh, you can have a case of Derrick Rose syndrome. Yeah, you're not near as good. Yeah, as you were because you're not as confident. In that. Did we did we say the draft grade for the Redskins? I don't remember if we did. We did. You gave, you gave them a B. I was gonna say I want to make sure I said that we, I gave the Redskins a B. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers though draft grade that I gave them B plus. You know, I gotta I gotta say I'm gonna give them a B plus too. Uh, not not to not to just agree, but also because I really think that they did a lot with what they had. They didn't have a lot of picks. Yeah, they really did. Uh, and they seemed to have a really good plan for what they were gonna do with those picks. They definitely shored up their defense in some spots, and they possibly got a bona fide starter in Jeremy next yeah. later. Um, awesome, awesome. Wants to let us know Tampa Bay's franchise leader in passing touchdowns is Josh Freeman. Man, that's a that's a name we were digging out of the box. Ooh, that's with eighty touchdowns last Awesome Austin's bold prediction is that Jameis Winston, who currently sits at fifty touchdowns, passes Josh Freeman and becomes the new franchise leader. I can agree with that. I don't I think that's bold. I really don't think it's that I, I don't, bold. I don't think that's bold at all. Uh, I think it's definitely doable, especially when you consider who uh, they have on offense. Who they have on offense. Uh, yeah. You know, you've got Mike Evans. Uh, you just picked up a pretty pretty talented tight end. Uh, 
Um, you know, you got D-Jax. Yeah, I mean, it's a good chance that Jameis is going to have a pretty good Yeah, game. there's going to be a lot of touchdowns on the way. I, I, I like the prediction. I just don't think it's that bold. Yeah. No, nothing to take away from awesome Austin, but the only question I would have about that bold prediction is how well his offensive line plays this year. Yeah. If they if they play play well, and I I think he could even surpass that. Yeah, he might play some more than that. Do you want to get the Jeff Reed interviews up there? We're set. Um, all right, guys. So here's here, here's how this is going to go down. We've got it split up into threes um, for the interview. That way, again, so we're not twiddling our thumbs for 20 minutes. Um, want to let you guys know. Um, We've got what we talk about NFL buzz. We talk talked about free agency. We talked about recaps for the Redskins, recap for the Buccaneers. Now we're going to do the interview. You guys have been waiting for the interview. Um, Two time Super Bowl champ, Jeff Reed. Here we go. This is Straight Football Talk. I am Teddy the Bear Tate. And this is Mr. Jeff Reed, two time Super Bowl champion and second in all points scored in Steeler history. Um, before we get started, Again, I want to thank you, Mr. Reed, for coming on to, um, to the show here and taking time out of your busy schedule um, and just allowing us to interview. All right, let's go ahead and get started then. Do um, you mind if I call you Jeff or is that okay? Jeff. Jeff's good. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, Jeff. Um, how did you become a kicker and what drove you to make it in the uh, NFL? I mean, you know, you have guys that, oh, you know, always want to be the quarterback or the wide receiver, you know, those are the studs, but you know, you guys as the kickers are really the unsung heroes of um, football. Well, I, I played soccer. I started soccer at five years old um, in Oklahoma. And uh, that was my true love. Still missed the game of soccer. Um, I played all the way through um, high school on a travel team and obviously on the school team. Um, I had been asked from the sixth grade on to just, you know, I know you're a big guy, but, you know, you don't have to hit anybody. Just come kick off, do extra points, you know, just something to benefit the team out. And then I said no for years. After my junior year in high school, my dad said, <clears throat> I would never press you to do anything that you don't want to do, but you have the strongest leg I've ever seen in a, on the soccer field. So if you want to try it, if you want to try kicking a football, that's your last opportunity. And so still didn't necessarily jump jump all in. Um, but I did uh, – I, I took him up on that. He went out to the field with me. I got a few footballs from the high school coach. Um, I was kicking it very far but not straight, pretty ugly. Um, went to a camp that I now work at in the summertime. Well, I tried to anyway with my schedule. It's tough. But um, – Went to that camp and it's it's on the it's it's around the country. Um, I worked I used to work all the East Coast ones, um, but now I just worked the one in Charlotte ones here. And they teach you fundamentals. Um, it's old school, but it's fun. And there's a lot of competitions, and you see your competition out right. there at, at you know being at the camp. And I learned from a guy that played um, collegiate ball at University of Pennsylvania at Penn. Now works on Wall Street. Yeah. Super smart guy. Um, but he taught me he taught me um to this day i still don't know it all uh, obviously i'm now out of the nfl but i just right. I, I realized i had a talent um i realized i had a talent when i put my mind to it and, it, and, it, and it's very it's putting your mind to it's a big thing because it's it's a mental game um you know you're going to miss some you're going to make some big ones you're going to miss some big ones um pressure's going to be on 
But if your mentality is right and you have, I mean, that's that's about, you know, 75% of kicking. So that being right. said, I uh, went to college, uh, walked on at Chapel Hill. The reason I went to Chapel Hill is because I wanted to be a journalism major. <clears throat> had nothing to do with football. I mean, I got offered for uh, – well, I want. I got all everything. My, my only year in, in high school I played, which was my senior year. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was still better than the rest of the guys out there because a lot of linebackers still trying to toe poke the ball. So um, I got all county, all uh, cool, but I still didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. It was just all a raw talent. Went to that camp, got better, walked on to Chapel Hill. Coach told me you'd be treated like the rest of the guys. We really want you here as Mac Brown at the time before he went to Texas. And uh, mm-hmm. the team was, team was very good. I didn't expect to play right away. I, w- I wanted to learn and get my grades up and, you know, the whole, put a little bit of the party into the side. And uh, that's what I <laughs> right. did. And then about uh, my fourth year, I was still not the starter. This was our th- uh, third head coach. And um, – the guy that was starting was starting because his high school coach was our tight ends coach. So that was kind of his shoe in. He wasn't a bad kicker at all, but he started the season one for three, missed a couple big ones. Uh, we lost one of the games. We didn't lose the other one. And they gave me a shot against Wake Forest. Uh, I believe it was third, maybe a third game of the season. And I went four for four and pretty much never – Never looked back, and so I ended up playing almost two years, um, about three-quarters of the way through the first season I played, which was my redshirt junior year. Um, they gave me a scholarship, which was cool because they saved my parents some money. Um, and, you know, I <clears throat> I was a semifinalist for the Luke Rosa my first year playing in college. Uh, didn't didn't get to make it to the finalists, but I was top 20 in the country. Um then my senior year, I was battling injuries, but still did fairly well. Um, fought through some uh, torn labrum, which I thought I was told it was fatigue. <laughs> I played through a torn labrum as as bad as that sucked. And uh, yeah, I, I just, imagine. You know, I'm the kind of guy if I if I can function, I'm gonna I'm gonna function because I know if I take a game or two off and another when somebody comes in my place, uh, it could be my last game. So. Um, Exactly. That's I was through college. As far as NFL, I didn't I didn't go to the combine. I didn't get drafted. I was in the draft. The only team that was even considering it was Cincinnati. Uh, Dick LeBeau was the head coach. <clears throat> special coach, uh, special teams coach was a different kind of guy for sure. But um, <laughs> um, but definitely was interested in me. They ended up. They said they're going to take a specialist in the fifth round. They took a punter. Um, Travis Dorsch, who went to Purdue, he was a big name then. Uh, he didn't really amount to much. Uh, so I didn't get drafted. Ended up going to New Orleans Saints uh, because John Bunning, who was my head coach at um, University of North Carolina, was good friends with their special teams coach, who ended up coaching me later in Pittsburgh as well. And uh, so that's how I got that connection. Did very well. Uh, I'll kick John Carney, but. I kind of knew my role. I was a rookie. He was the true veteran. They weren't going to cut him unless he was hurt or pathetic, and he was neither. Um, he, I learned right. a lot from him. Got fired or released, however you want to look at it. Sounds better, I guess. Uh, got released, <laughs> and then the next eight eight or nine weeks, I tried out for seven teams. And, I mean, I was, there, I was flying everywhere, kicking everywhere. 
I did great everywhere except for in um, New York, which they would say they said it was time me to start the season, and I didn't kick very well, so I didn't deserve that job. Um, but other than that, I mean, <clears throat> I was told by numerous teams they were going to keep me, keep me, keep me, and they fly me back. And then if our kicker screws up this week, then it's going to be your job, and the kicker wouldn't hit a game winner, so you can't fire him. Um, so that was my luck for a while. But then uh, Pittsburgh came along; they were looking for a replacement, had to replace them their their kicker who I've had the same. Uh, he had the same uh, agent as me. Uh, we we didn't really see eye to eye, not because of the whole kicking thing. We were just di- two totally different people. He broke his ribs trying to make a tackle. He wasn't kick- kicking very well, also. And, Long story short, they ended up signing me. It wasn't because I kicked the other three guys I was kicking against. I think it was one bounce back. We kicked in the sleet. It was muddy. It was uh, probably 15 degrees. It was the worst weather I've ever kicked in prior to being in Pittsburgh. Um, so that's pretty much the uh, story in a nutshell. I stayed there eight and a half years, of course. Um, I wasn't having a bad season at all. Uh, when I got released, uh, but they needed to make a move on somebody because I needed to try to spark the team, and uh, they did. Ended up, they uh, they released me after a New England game when I was one for two, missed a short field goal. And then I went to finish the season in San Francisco. Then the following season, I was told by Coach Harbaugh I was going to be his guy. He ended up taking David Akers um, so because uh, Singletary got fired. And then I went to right. – Seattle, where I knew it was going to be my gig. I kicked great and everything. It was the first first year the kickoffs were from the 35, so I was a hang time guy. I had some touchbacks, but not all the time. And that was, uh, you know, I, I was looking forward to it. And two hours before the uh, deadline of final cuts, they uh, they picked up the kicker for, that was in preseason for um, Denver, uh, Stephen Hauschka, and he ended up playing there for a while. Yep. And actually, won a Super Bowl. So. Um, that was the end of it for me. I had a couple tryouts after that. One tryout, I was pathetic, didn't deserve the job. The other one, I was great, didn't get the job. And uh, went through a rough time after football and realized that if I don't, if I just keep trying to focus on trying to kick and I don't get in. Okay, guys, that was the first part of the um, interview there. Um, we've got actually got a caller right now, so we're going to answer the caller um, right now. Go ahead. Caller, this is Straight Football Talk. You are talking with Teddy the Bear, Tate, and Big D. How are we doing today? Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, do you have a question uh, well, for look, us? Or? Take, yeah, I just want to say I'm taking a giant shit, and uh, it stinks so good. <laughs> just like your damn <sighs> Well, guys, guys, every once in a while, wow. every, every <laughs> once in a while, you get one person who just wants to embarrass themselves yeah. on the national media. Total, totally ridiculous. Um, you know, here we are. Talk, here we are having hosted hosting Jeff Reed, uh, and we got somebody that wants to embarrass themselves on national <laughs> national wow. level. Um, guys, uh, just in the future, we love your call-ins. Yes, but if you call in, please have questions relevant to our conversation. Yes. Please talk about uh, it, NFL football. football. Yes, wow. Come on, guys. Um, <clears throat> before we get on to the um, second part of Jeffrey's interview, I want to mention, I, I talked about earlier, we'll, we're going to be getting a Jeffrey jersey. Yeah. Um, not yeah. for us to wear. The whole, oh, point, the whole point of this is um, every player that we get to interview, we want to represent them 
and put their jersey behind us. And what's the, uh, what's the story with Deshaun? Is he sending? Is he sending? Um, he said he will, yeah, he said if we want high school jerseys, we'll take, um, he'll give us a high school jersey. Yeah, we'll take um, actually, it was texting him earlier this week, so, I mean, that should be, should be a hard thing to get. Um, but, yeah, if, we, if any players are listening right now and want to talk, um, we're more than happy to, you know, interview you guys, and we definitely want a jersey. We definitely want to keep in contact with you um, and have you back on the show. Yeah. Um, we've actually got more interviews coming up. I know we've got Ron Dixon coming up next Very weekend. Yes. Um, another guy we're hoping for the following weekend or the weekend after, so it would be the 23rd or the 30th, yep. um, would be Kendall Gaskins, uh, running back that played for the 49ers. Um, that'd be huge. That'd yeah, be another very, big one. Very I would, excited. Yes. Have, um, um, it's the same guy. Yeah, don't answer. We don't have to answer that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again, guys, you don't have to embarrass yourselves. Talk football. Let's get back to the second part of Jeff. Right, Reed. going into the second part of the interview. So here uh, we go. Uh, you know, maybe a very short-lived uh, life for Jeff Reed. So I, uh, I'm in the car business and, you know, one of the higher-up managers um, at, a, at a huge Jeep dealership in Charlotte. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know you started out with some setbacks. Like you said, you were with the Saints and then ended up going with Pittsburgh. Um, really, they went with you. <clears throat> um, and I, and I, if I caught you right, you said that you, um, when you were at, at Seattle, that was when the rule changes um, happened, when they went to the 35-yard line. Um, yep. And you said you're kind of a hang time kicker. So, how was that? Uh, how was that different for you, going from the 35 from, uh, or from the 25 to the 35? Well, I mean, I, I was I was criticized a lot in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, if you miss hit a kick there, and when it's cold outside, it's not going to go very far. <laughs> and then okay. on the flip side of that, if you catch the wind tunnel, um, it'll go 10 yards out of the end zone. So, um, I was criticized on kickoffs. I didn't really understand why, because in my opinion, nobody else really did that much better than me. If you look at stats, and our opponent's starting right. position was top five in NFL, so I think that's all that really matters, if you ask me. However, um, mm-hmm. you know, usually my best kicks, if they weren't touchbacks, we got to run back on. So that's never a good thing. So uh, right. when I said that, I was just saying, because going from the 35, I can drive it a little more and, and get the touchbacks when I know I can do it. Or if I, if I hang it up and it lands on the goal line and we have a good special teams unit, then we're going to tackle them inside of 20 every time. And I had eight touchbacks that preseason in four games. Mm-hmm. And I was well on my way to, I think, finding a new home. And I had even told my family I'm going to have my car shipped out here. I, I got an apartment right on the water, Lake Washington, blah, blah. And they called me upstairs and, tell me they're going a different direction and couldn't even give me a reason why. I just looked at the floor when they talked to me. So the most frustrating part about all of it is I'm a brutally honest person. Um, I don't expect everyone mm-hmm. to love me and bow down to me, but I do expect a fair, fair and honest response. And I didn't get it from either team. That was the only Absolutely. frustrating part for me leaving Pittsburgh. I didn't really – I wasn't there long enough in San Francisco, plus they changed coaches, so I understood that. Um, mm-hmm. But – Seattle was, you know, Pete Carroll had told me face-to-face with nobody else around um, that I, I'm, he, he may make me a captain because I have two rings and I'm already he already sees how much the team respects me. And then, you know, four or five days later, he fires me. So, I, that's, that's my biggest pet peeve is someone saying something to you and not even, not even close to acting the same way. 
Um, but it was I was just getting started, and I knew that once I got in the groove, I loved the punter. The snapper was good. Um, my holder was unreal. He was the punter. He's still there, John Ryan. Um, right. So I mean, he was it was it was it was a good situation for me, and it was a total culture shock for me too. Seeing bald eagles fly around the practice field, and uh, weather's very different. And I'm an East Coast guy, oh, yeah. I'm a Southern guy, and going all the way to Seattle, Washington, it was cool for me. And I just really thought it Absolutely. was going to be a good three to five years, and you know, it didn't work out so well, but it was a great experience. I'm sure it was. I know um, we were just talking about you having the, those setbacks and, you know, the, getting cut. And, I mean, there's always those unfortunate moments in, in the NFL, of course. But besides maybe the Super Bowl moments, what would be your favorite NFL moment? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say the Super Bowls because that's what you play the game for. Um, if you're playing right. for any other Absolutely. reason, I don't understand why you even play. Uh, I, I know the mm-hmm. money's good, but you can spend a lot of money. But – you know, I, I would I would be I've, I've I've had people ask me if if you were completely broke, how much would you want someone to give you for your rings? And I said I would live in a bus stop with two rings on. And I said, <laughs> and that's and that's and that's truly how I feel. I mean, I I battled through so many injuries with teammates that were playing under circumstances where they shouldn't be playing, but they didn't care. It was the playoffs, and you know, I, those rings mean more than a nice expensive piece of jewelry. Um, so that being said, that obviously those are great moments, but you know, it's, it's those times when, um, your team has battled all the, all game, whether it's overtime or third or fourth quarter, when it makes a difference and I get the opportunity to pull us through, uh, because I, yeah. as a kicker, you're not going to most likely, um, not going to get 20 plays a game. You know I mean, you're going to, including kickoffs, extra points and field goals, you're probably going to get about I don't know, 12, average about 12 points. So, right. I mean, excuse me, not 12 points, 12 plays. So, you know, that that right. being said, um, <clears throat> any, I mean, there's there are kicks that stand out in my mind. But over, overall, it's just a matter of helping your team win and being a true part of the team. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about me, and I can't speak for all kickers, but I'm sure a lot of kickers are like that, is I worked out with James Harrison. I worked out with Heath Miller. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't – I wasn't doing the same amount of weight, and I sure as hell wasn't doing the exercise that James was doing. But I worked out with those guys because that's the way, in my my opinion, I could easily earn respect. They saw me in right. there pushing pushing myself, and I'm in there two or three hours, and then if I didn't have to kick at practice, I'd be in there lifting or uh, doing cardio again. And they took they took pride in that, and so did I. So – those are the those are the biggest things when you're when you can help your team win and feel like a true part of it, other than those games where you got where you win by three or four touchdowns and all I've had four extra points, you know. Right. And again, every, everybody makes kicker jokes until it's you know four seconds left of the game and you got to get the game winning field goal. You know that's what it's oh, always, yeah. almost always feels. Like. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. I mean, they uh, everyone says you're just a kicker and you don't hit and you don't do this well. You know, everyone's everyone signed up. Everyone signed up for what they signed up for. Um, so, um, I, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play that brutal game um, if I had to be a linebacker trying to, you know, knock people out every play, <laughs> or a fullback trying to get the hole open for Le'Veon Bell. I would. I wouldn't be. That's not my job. Yeah. My job is to. <laughs> yeah, uh, my job is for people to count on me, 
um, in my foot, and I count on the ten guys in front of me to get their jobs done so I can do my job. That's my job. So, um, and I and I cool. and I came from a soccer background, like seriously had no had no 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 intentions of playing the game of football. I jokingly right. said in college that. Um, oh, I'll be playing to my to my teammate or my roommate who was a uh, soccer teammate of mine for years, and he played with the goalie for the college team in Chapel Hill when they won the national championship. I jokingly said to him numerous times, "I might try for arena football just to say I played professionally." And obviously, it ended up where two Super Bowl rings later. I mean, there's there's some serious proof yeah. that I played at a top notch level for top notch uh, level for quite some time. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. <laughs> Um, and I love that you bring up, you know, those moments where you, you even, you know, kind of laughed it off and then, you know, come to find out you are good enough to be in the NFL. I mean, that's just, that's huge, you know? And I mean, I don't know, you know, like you said, earlier in life, you didn't have, uh, those aspirations or dreams early, but, you know, once you realized you could do it, I'm sure, I'm sure that was just a dream come true for you. Yeah, but of course it's a dream. I mean, it's, and, and those Super Bowls, they didn't even seem like they were real uh, until the parade uh, because you – Right. I mean, it, it is it is a normal game, but it's for all the marbles. And, uh, you know, those things are when – they, when they head home, I mean, it's from parking garages and parking decks and uh, light posts. I mean, 500,000 people at celebrating something that I helped, helped the team win is pretty cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, um, was there? A, how, how do you prepare? How did you prepare for each game? And was it different for the playoffs and for the Super Bowl when you would, you know, would you listen to music or, you know, was there a ritual you would always do? Yeah, well, there was a. Uh, well, I was I was pretty much like a weatherman um, as a kicker in Baltimore or Cincinnati. I was constantly looking at the weather, not not on Monday because it didn't necessarily matter, but more on you know Friday, Saturday. Okay, what's it going to be like? <laughs> because I mean, I mean that affects your game. Same with a quarterback, same with a receiver, same with a running back. So I mean, all, all that stuff affects your game. So, um, but as far as game day, I listened to it. I had a nice little. Uh... Okay, guys, that was the second part of Jeff Reed's interview. In case you just tuned in. Um, We've got it split up into three pieces. We had to re- He couldn't make, um, call in today. He was very busy. Um, completely understand, so we had to record the interview. Um, we've got a caller right now. We're going to answer this phone call. Go ahead. Hello, caller. This is Straight Football Talks. Um, I am Teddy DeBerte. This is Big D here beside me. How you doing? Hey, not too bad. Uh, hey, I just want to say uh, you take a guy like Jeff Reed. Uh, the, you know, the thing about him is that no amount of gay butt sex is going to make him be a bad kicker. Really? Come on, man. Come on, man. Hang it up. You know, you know what the best part about having your own radio show? You can you can hang up hang up on people. You know, actually the best <laughs> come part, on. Guys, actually the best part of having your own radio show uh is you really find out how much people are willing to embarrass themselves yeah. on the national stage. Come on. Every single one of the Collins that's like that, I just wonder if you didn't have any better do that. Yeah, I mean, for real. And, you know, we get a guy like Jeff Reed on here who's won two Super Bowls. Who took time out of his schedule. To, yeah, to 
talk to us and, you know, do an interview. I, go ahead and give him a homer. Give that guy a homer. He's, he's getting the deal. Give, give him a big old homer. Come on, man. Come on now. But anyways, again, I want to thank Mr. Jeffrey for coming on the show. Um, we, he's already said he's going to come back. Um, enjoy talking with us. He's also hooking us up with other players, um, hopefully. Uh, he mentioned a couple names, a couple Steelers, actually. Um, one of the names being Franco Harris. Um, that Yeah, we may know who that is. Um, another name being Ike Taylor. It's another good name. I'm very excited. Would be very excited to have those guys on there. Um, you got that, Homer? Listen, guys, when you call in and you embarrass yourself like that, you get one of these. No! Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Get back to the other Jeff Reed interview. Um, again, third part here coming up. Great having Jeff Reed on there. Very, really I good. mean, and what's really cool is I can, you know, we can text him anytime we want, you know, see how he's doing, which we we we, we definitely do and will in the future. And, you know, the other thing I really like about it was how real he was. Yeah, he's, he a, he, he's a very real guy, um, genuine guy. I definitely got that from him. He didn't mind telling me, uh, you know, before the conversation, after the conversation that, you know, he's – He's not gonna. What, what's the word? Um, you know, blow blow smoke up your butt. Really, I mean, that's what it is. He's gonna tell you how it is, and that's that's how we want it. We want honest answers. We want we just want the people to be real on here and share their football experiences. That's what it comes down to. We want to hear from other people. We want we want real call-ins. We don't want those goofy ones. And you know, guys, the other thing is, you know, in the interview, we, you know, we we mentioned that the thing about kickers. It's it's astonishing to me we get an interview like this and you really find out how valuable some of these guys are to their teams. No yeah. matter how small small their yeah. role are, you really find out how valuable yeah. each position is when you talk to some of these guys who maybe don't play, you know, starting quarterback or, right. or you know, stud linebacker who aren't the Troy Polamalus of their team but are no less valuable. So I think that's really the value of this interview is yeah. seeing that it's a lesser it's a lesser lesser position. It's not the glorified position. Like I said, they're the unsung heroes. They really are. Um, So, without further ado, but but even though he's an unsung hero, he has the second most points in Steeler history. And that's really, really impressive. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, He's only behind Gary Anderson. Um, He's got, let's see here, I've got it wrote down. I I had to write it down. So, Jeff Reed has 733 points scored. Gary Anderson has 1,343 points scored. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a stop. <laughs> yeah, as a kicker. But as a kicker, I mean, over 700 points scored. I mean, that's good. That's you, you good. You got to think about how many games rested on this guy's shoulders. Yeah, exactly. The kickers matter, you know. So uh, let's, let's get, let's get to the interview. Huh? Because I mean, that, I mean, that affects your game. Same with a quarterback. Same with a receiver. Same with a running back. So I mean, all, all that stuff affects your game. So. Um, but as far as game day, I listened to it. I had a nice little. Uh, um, I had a nice, I had a nice little set of songs. Nothing head banging, uh, because I didn't need that. Nothing like mm-hmm. you know classical, because I didn't need that. Just good songs that, that serve a serve a purpose. Um, don't stop believing. You know, you only get one shot. Eminem. You know, stuff like that. Right. Just stuff that's relevant to what I'm about to do. Uh, because if I got too high or too low. Um, I wouldn't be able to do my job. So, it was, I mean, it's a set playlist, but, I mean, my routine was get there. I was the only, the only person to ever beat me to the stadium was uh, Troy Palomalu. 
Uh, he has a nice little routine. Um, but I uh, was pretty much the first one there. Uh, with get going, go right outside, see what kind of condition the field is in, see what the wind's doing, see how the weather, uh, see how the other parts of the weather are. Is it going to rain sometime in this game? If it is, which way do I want to kick? Blah, blah, you know, just just analyzing, like in, probably anybody right. does in any any position. Um, so that's what I did. And then the biggest thing is when it was time to kick, it's always good to get the opening kickoff because you get the if you have any kind of nerves going, which you should, because it's human, um, then you get that out of your system. After that, you know, it's nice. But if your first field goal is 47 yard in the second quarter and you haven't kicked anything up to that point, I mean, you kind of, you know, you got to really clear your head and focus because that could be the biggest kick that helps you win the game. Right, right. <clears throat> so I know you mentioned you're a, um, a car salesman, correct, um, now? No, I was in I was in sales. I now run the whole finance department. So I got promoted twice, and in a, in about a year and a half span, I've now been there just under two years. Um, started January first as the finance director, so I run the whole finance department. So it's not quite NFL money, but it's pretty good money for the for the uh, working world. Absolutely. Um, and I, looking at your uh, LinkedIn account or profile, excuse me. Um, did, did I also read that you had your own uh, radio broadcast, or is that something you do in your spare time? Or yeah, I, I did it for a whole year. Um, it was okay. uh, it was it was broadcast out of uh, Arizona. I did it. I have my own little studio in my place, and uh, and that was all. Oh, that was great. Um, but I mean, I, I was at a, at a point in my life where I needed to get back into the um, into a real job, uh, which it is a real job, but I wasn't making a dollar. It was more for fun, and I wanted mm-hmm. to see my hard work really pay off. So, whatever. I mean, it was my boss, a diehard Steeler fan. Um, <clears throat> so he, uh, you know, he's the one that wrote me in. He's he owns. He's a dealer. He owns a dealership. He owns two dealerships. Uh, very good man. He's from Steubenville, Ohio. I was I was hoping to get a communications or journalism job through his connections, and uh, you know that was pretty much terrible at this. But are you okay if I'm terrible if I just walk away? And he goes, absolutely. But I think you'll like it. And I said, okay. So I ended up, you know, I did well in sales. I was only there five weeks in sales. Then I was, um, <clears throat> then then I went to uh, uh, finance. Did well there, and the finance director at the time was not extremely organized, so uh, they put they put him in a different position and put me as the finance director January first. So I'm pretty much awesome. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the third highest position in that dealership besides owner and GM. Um, so that's, oh, wow. it's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty cool thing, but it's very different. <laughs> I mean, I'm the kind of organized oh, person wow. that can get it done. It's definitely very different. Oh, I'm sure that, and I mean, congratulations on, you know, working your way up there. Um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, real quick, last question here, and it's going to be a little more of a fun question here, uh, Jeff. But I, I, and I have to ask only because when um, we're checking out some of the, some of your stats and everything, um, some images come up on Google. Um, yeah. So I have to ask. In the 2010 season, 
everybody was asking. I know you weren't with the Steelers at the time. I believe that was when they went to the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 45 against the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah. And everybody leading up to that Super Bowl was saying who had the better hair, Troy Polamalu or uh, Clay Matthews. Um, you know, and uh, Troy actually ended up winning by a landslide. <laughs> um, but I got to note, in, in, in your guys' you know, locker room and stuff, did you guys have, like, any hair competitions or who said who had the better hair? I love the spiked hair you had back in the day. Yeah, I did. A, I, my, that first uh, or that second Super Bowl, I told my teammates the second we make the playoffs, I'm going to dye my hair like Ric Flair because Ric Flair used to be my boss <laughs> when I was in uh, the training training field. And um, and we got in the playoffs in like week eleven or twelve. So so yeah, I had to, that was I didn't realize I didn't realize what women go through to get their hair colored. So um, but I I did that and. Every time I was out there for the coin toss, because I was a captain that year, everybody was like, dude, what is wrong with you, all the other team? And I said, oh, I, don't, I just like to have fun, man. So, But, I mean, it was a, it was a conversation <laughs> starter for sure. Uh, Absolutely. And, I mean, it's still spiked. I have blonde tips. It's nothing crazy because I, I, do, I do have to, you know, shave daily and wear slacks and a nice shirt to work so I can't look like a total fool. But um, I had a little bit more <laughs> leeway when I was playing. Absolutely. Um, I want to thank you for being on Strip Football Talk. There we go. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, that was the interview um, with Jeff Reed there. Again, we split up into threes. Um, we've got yet another caller. It's been different numbers, so we're going we're gonna to take the call. Um, the hope for the best here. Caller, this is Straight Football Talk. I'm Teddy the Bear Tate. Big D here beside me. How we do? How we doing today? All I want to do is put my fingers in my ass. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Come on. Uh, uh, I just right, answered. Yeah, I just. All right, guys. Uh, listen, man, we're not going to uh, feed you guys any more any, any more troll attention. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Guys, it was great to have uh, Jeffrey on the show. It's Absolutely. Always, it's always exciting to have somebody like that. Uh, it's exciting to have a uh, NFL player on our show, let alone a two-time Super Bowl champ. Two-time yeah. Super Bowl champ, and uh, really, again, you can't say enough. Uh, Andrew makes a really good point here in the uh, questions. If sure. you look, uh, he said you can see what happened to the Steelers when they had a bad kicker. And yeah. that, you know, just like I said, it just goes to – we got another call. I'm not really sure I want to take it. But, um, oh, six, seven, it, that might be an Ohio number. It just goes to show you, though, that each and every one of these players has an impact on their team – Absolutely. Uh, and no position is too small. Too yeah, small yeah, to make yeah. a difference. And yeah. that's what I think is really awesome about getting the chance to talk to Jeff Reed. Uh, because, again, you know, <laughs> it, it's just like what, what was talked about in the interview. Kickers, you know, they're, they're oftentimes, you know, mocked. and, and They are. They really are. They, you know, they are oftentimes sort of seen as the, you know, kind of boring player. Uh, well, that's why, I said, that's why I said to Jeff, you know, you – Everybody makes kicker jokes until it's time for that until last it's time for the big last kick. kick. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, what know, happens. It's not uh, it's not the quarterback that's getting lifted off the field though when Adam Benatieri nails that. That's right. That uh, kick or Gramatica when he nailed that record. Steven Gostkowski, um, uh, so, you know, there's plenty of guys that have won game-winning kicks and the team's lifting them up. You know, the kicker's not, not a position to scoff at. And it's it's good to get that chance to shine. Yeah, right? it really is. And uh, for Andrew's question, were you a fanboy on the inside talking to him, Ted? Professionally, no. On the inside, you know what? Steeler, Ted, yes. 
very, very happy to talk to, you know, I get to take my checklist there and go, all right, so I've had an NFL player on our show. I've had a Steeler. I had a Super Bowl champion. You know, you know that's pretty cool. Even on that Steeler thing, I, I hope Ike Taylor comes on the show. That'd be I, all. I, I hope any of them. I, I really would like to talk to Ike Taylor. I, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to any of them. We've got another caller. It's a different number. Again, we're going to hope for the best. Go ahead, Big D. Take, take it. Caller. Calling yeah. in straight football talk. <laughs> this is Big D talking. Next to me is the the bear. The bear. Teddy the Bear Tate. What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. I, I'm glad. I thought it was really cool that you guys brought on Jeff Reed. I mean, it, it, it's just cool to have a former NFL player. You know, I mean, that's that's what you guys are all about. Straight football talk. You bring on an NFL player. Check mark. I mean, you know, just like you were saying, you check a Steeler off your list. Check an NFL player off your list. Check a Super Bowl winner off your off your list. I mean, bam, right there. You know. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. with one player, too. I mean, that's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that somebody appreciated uh, the interview. Um, you know, it just goes to show how how much effort these guys put in, the kind of pressure that's on, oh, you yeah. know? Well, and, again, he, yeah. he took time out of his day to talk with us, and, you yeah. know, couldn't be more thankful for that. Um, yeah, right, got to ask, what team are you a fan of? Bengals. <laughs> The Bengals. Oh, well, yep. <laughs> we're hoping to get some Cincinnati. Actually, um, yeah. One of the players I'm hopefully going to get on here, uh, our producer is going to try to hook us up with his uh, Icky Woods, Icky Shuffle back in the 80s. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, that would be a pretty big That's one. Pretty yeah, we're constantly working to get in touch with guys. Um, it's a work in progress, but it was really surreal when, when Jeff said that he'd come on. The show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and people people just don't give kickers enough credit. I mean, just think about how many games were won or lost last year on a kick. And that's basically, remember, Graham Gano missing some kicks, but game winners, you know, right yep. there. Uh, Bengals yeah, missing kicks in the playoffs yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And things like that. I mean, they they make or break your team. Yeah. yeah, something else we're not considering is throughout the game, not even just game winners, Excellent. how many how many times mm-hmm. did we see, okay, we're going to go for it on fourth and one when we could get a field goal, right? Yeah. So then you look right. at that, there's three points they could have had. And a lot of games they could have won the game if they just went for the kick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess going back to the Steelers about – sorry, I made the comment about um, the, the – look at what happened when the Steelers didn't have a kicker like Jeff Reed. You know, I just think about that when uh, when you think about um, those those times that the Steelers went for two instead of going for an extra point because they didn't trust the kicker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, man, I'll tell you, uh, it always sucks when you go for two. It's exciting, but then when you don't get it, it's really heartbreaking. And, you know, then you look at the yeah. flip side of that with the Steelers. We're, since we're talking about Brady, people with the Steelers, um, last year with the Kansas City playoff game, um, they had six field goals. That was their 18 points. Mm-hmm. They got yeah. from six field goals. So, I mean, the kicker definitely came in for them there. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's always – but, yeah, I mean, it's just like you said it, we said it. You know, no position is too small. Uh, when you look at the entirety of a team, every single one of those players has the potential to make yeah. the play, play that wins play. you the game. Yeah. Even, yeah. even punters. Even punters, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, definitely, you, yeah. Right I mean, the Packers had trouble with that for a while. Yeah. yeah. Punters, well, punters kicking 30-yard well, punts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't deal with that. Uh, All right. So, yeah, I just want to give but, my two cents with that. I appreciate it. We both appreciate it. I want to thank you for coming on and talk to you later. All right.
There we go. There we are. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. Had a little bit of technical difficulties there. Again, want to thank that caller for calling in. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals fan. Again, we're trying to get in talks with uh, Icky Woods. Um, we got Rob Dexon coming on next week. Yeah, very um, exciting. Very exciting. Then we've also got uh, – we're going to talk with Kendall Gaskins. Um, we've also got the questions from Awesome Austin somewhere. Can you scroll up any higher? I unfortunately cannot uh, because of our – Awesome Austin, song, if you could but, post uh, those again, that would be great, man. Yeah, Austin, um, we want to see those questions again, my friend. You could post them for us. That would be great. Yes. <clears throat> Anyways, um, another couple players that I've talked to, trying to book down. Um, let me go through the list here. I'm going to try to play the alumni card and try to snatch some guys from my <laughs> alumni tree. It'd be pretty cool to get Patrick Mahomes on there. Uh, I'd like to try to get my crab tree. Yeah, I mean, I've got friends on my uh, my app here. Um, guys like Tyler Boyd, who plays for the Bengals right now. Um, we've got, let's see, Craig Krenzel. That's a Buckeye right there. Um, Chuck Jacobs. Yeah, we. I mean, we. Jordan Hicks. I mean, for Philly fans out there, yeah. Devere Posey now Buckeyes. Um, Brian Roll. We've. Got, I've got guys on here that I can talk to. That I'm going to try to bring on the show. We're trying every day to get these guys on here. They all have, a lot of them have business. <laughs> Very busy. Very um, busy. Well, we got fun facts from straight from Austin here. Brett Favre is looking for another comeback to Green Bay. That's right. But and this time he wants to be a coach. That's right. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see Brett Favre come back. Yeah. Uh, he's already. Uh, been back and uh, been come an honorary member of the organization. Anyway. Uh, it seems like it seems like he just keeps coming back. He, he, you know, he just. We love you, Brett. But I love you, Brett. But <laughs> just keep coming back. Make, make a choice, man. Um, uh, then we got Titans cornerback uh, Logan Ryan. Yeah. Uh, did a good gesture, paying for the rest of his older brother's eighty-two thousand dollars student loan debt for his, his birthday. I did. I that. wanted to. I, I meant to bring that up at some point. That was a really cool thing that he did. Yes, and Logan Ryan, now a Tennessee Titan member um, uh, through the free agency, was a uh, Patriots cornerback. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, Peyton Manning is hosting the ESPYs and is donating his tickets, and all money received will go to the V Foundation. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, Jordan Hayward forced the most. Howard. Ah, sorry, Howard. Yeah, there we go. Forced the most missed tackles last year among running backs. Tax slash underrated. Uh, I like that. Um, I like Jordan that. Howard had, you know, came on very strong last year um, and looks very poised to have another successful year. Uh, we talked about this one already, but I'll bring it up again. Sammy Watkins wants NFL players to get contracts like uh, NBA players. Uh, you know, I talked about this a little bit. Um, yeah. Not to cross too much over in the NBA, but, I mean, uh, Steph Curry is a, is a prime example of this. Uh, he's getting a four-year contract for $209 million. Uh, you know what, Sammy? Sammy, you're not going to get $209 <laughs> million. You know what you're going to get? Do you know what you're going to get, Sammy? I think I know what's coming here. You know what you're getting, Sammy? You're going to get one of these. Go! Because, you know, it's just not going to happen. You've got to play more than five games a season, Sammy, to get get $209 million. Very true. He has played more than five games, but still. Uh, uh, yeah. Arizona running back David Johnson said his goal was to win Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer championship. It's a great, that's a great goal to have. Um, great goal, David. Uh, it's not going to happen. I don't uh, say not because it's the NFL, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it is the NFL. David, David, you're in a tough division. I like Very the, tough. I like, uh, I like your, your tenacity, enthusiasm, your enthusiasm yeah. for it. 
Yeah. Uh, but that's going to rely on more than – that's going to depend on more than just David Johnson. Yes. Uh, hopefully that's a message to the rest of the team. Yeah, Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, all those guys got to pick it up. The defense has got to pick it up. Um, great player, though. Yeah. Um, current NFL players, DeAndre Hopkins, Derek Johnson, Patrick Peterson, Joe Thomas, Le'Veon Bell will compete against NFL Hall of Famers, Marshall Falk, Andre Reid, Anthony Munez, Derek Brooks, and Rod Woodson on Family Feud. Ooh, yeah. Winner will donate – to their choice of charity. Wow. That's awesome. That is really I awesome. have to watch that. I, that's something definitely to keep a look at. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I heard about Russell Wilson planning on opening a quarterback academy. Oh, wow. Uh, Russell, Russell, you're not, you, you haven't reached that status yet, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You're a good quarterback, but, you know, let's win some more Super Bowls first. True. Jim Mora plans on skipping Peyton Manning's uh, statue unveil. Well, that's his business. Well, more, that's um, Michael player. Bennett thinks DeForest Buckner can be a defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. You know, I, all I have to say about Jim Moore is somebody's a little salty that, that somebody left for Denver. <laughs> You're a little sad. I don't even think you, it was Peyton Manning's fault, though. Are you sad that John Elway poached your player? Come on. It's John um, Elway. Tom Brady plans on, on releasing a nutrition conditioning book this September. You know, I had heard something about that, and I was curious. Is that is it true that Tom Brady is a vegan? He is a vegan, very much so. Jarvis Landry forced the most missed tackles last year among wide receivers. Good. That, yeah. Nice little stat. No, yeah, nice little stat there. Last time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to the playoffs was in 2007. Yeah. Last yeah. time the Washington Redskins went to the playoffs was 2015. Not too long ago. Not too long. Now that Dan Williams had his mini wrestling career over the weekend, he is ready to sign with the NFL team. Uh, very excited. I hope he gets with somebody. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see him play for somebody. Uh, you know, Steelers would be nice. Steelers dead, dead once. Uh, I'd like um, to see him go down there and mentor uh, Leonard, Leonard from that. Yeah. Some of Darren McFadden's family was injured in the Little Rock shooting over the weekend. I'm sorry to hear that. I am sorry to hear that. It's always yeah. terrible. It's tragic. When you have something like that happen. Very much. We talked about Dak. Um, NFL Films is under fire with a lawsuit with former employee for sexual harassment. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's You know, that's, that's, that's another thing that you see happening a lot more and more. Guys, be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Be careful what you yeah. do. So act like a normal human being. Stop sending people bad text messages, guys. Come on. Don't pull a Brett. Don't pull Brett, Brett, I'm Brett. I'm calling you out. I love you. But I'm calling you out on that one. Come on, you knew that was coming. <laughs> Dak Prescott accused of using a machine to sign autographs on sports memorabilia he gives to selling companies. Um, again, we'll have to wait and see what it comes to. We'll have to wait see what it comes down to. But uh, yeah. I talked. We talked about this a little bit. One thing I will say is this is uh, one of those questions of the consumer base uh, being cheated versus uh, you know this is one of the uh, cases in which you really I think this is unique because you really got to look at who it really hurt. Uh, Now, I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, he's probably got all kinds of stuff to sign, but come on, man. If you're, if you, if if it does come out that he did that, that's just kind of a, a lazy sort of low thing to do. I mean, come on. Yeah. Again, Jack Prescott seems like a genuine good guy, but you know, if this does come out, I mean, like you said, you're only hurting the fans. Um, You know, I've seen, yeah. Antonio Brown has showed pictures of um, the piles of stuff he's got to sign every day. And he's more than happy to do it. All, a yeah. lot of those players are, and you should be. You're, you're a hero to a lot of these people, you know. 
You know, and I, I think, well, and you know, and the other thing that I think about is, you know, some of those items are probably being bought for kids that are in the hospital. And that's yeah. the problem, you know, people do that all the time. Yeah. You don't want to cheat people like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, moving on. Mitchell Trubisky claims that he thinks the Bears will make the 2017 playoffs. I did read this after uh, Awesome Awesome yeah, told me about it the other day. Um, he says they have the potential to. Um, I want to make sure that gets cleared up because even yeah, Kevin White, yeah. his receiver, said, you know, he needs to make sure he specifies what he's saying because people are going to take that out of context. Yeah. And, you know, players, you know, Trubisky does need to be clear. They have the potential to make playoffs. They, they won't. Um, here's, what, here's what I have to say to that, Mitch. You know, you got the toughest. You got one of the toughest schedules in the NFL this year. Yeah. Uh, I'd be reading a lot of my playbook. Talking well, about my offensive he's, line. He's even bowed down, saying that um, uh, Mike Glennon's the starting quarterback for them. So <laughs> he doesn't even read really have play. a leg to say it all. Mix, read your read your playbook. Because if uh, the offensive line plays anything like it did last year, protecting the quarterback, you might be on deck a lot faster than you think. Another since we're on the Bears, real quick. Another defense to watch out for in fantasy. I'm just saying, is, yeah. the, is the Bears. Yeah. No, they've, they've, got, really they've got some good players on there. Keep an eye on it. I want to make sure I say that. Yeah. Moving on. Former Packers and Broncos tight end Mitchell Henry passes away due to leukemia. Always a shame to hear. Yeah, like very it. sad to hear about thoughts, that. Thoughts and prayers, feelings, all go out to his family. Absolutely. So that's a shame to hear. Uh, as, a, as a person who's experienced having several of his relatives, you know, died of, died of cancer, it's it's a hard it's, it's a hard it's a hard thing for a person's entire family. So our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Yep. Zeke Elliott, Julian Edelman, Zach Ertz were some of the athletes in the ESPN body issue this year. Yes, they were. I saw yes, those. they were. Yeah. Um, Shannon Sharp believes that the Baltimore Ravens will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Good luck. That's all I got to say. Yep. You know what? You know what? It's supposed to be an unbiased, unbe you know, no BS builder on straight football talk. I'm going to put my bias in here. Steelers aren't going to let that happen. Moving on. Fantasy four. Who would you rather have? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this is going to be a good one because it's between the Redskins and the Bucks. Oh, I yeah. like these. Yeah, um, Kirk Cousins or Jameis Winston? After the season that Cousins had, I would almost lean towards him. But I'm going to go with Jameis. i got to say Jameis Winston. i, I, I got to say Jameis. He's got more weapons. Absolutely. Rob Kelly or Samadji Perrine? You kind of know that answer. Yeah, guys, guys, it's all about Perrine for me. Brian, baby. Get, get out of the way, Kelly. Doug Martin or Redsk Redskins running back selected? Uh, Perrine. Perrine again. <laughs> Gotta say Perrine. <laughs> um, Terrell Pryor or Deshaun Jackson? I'm going to say Pryor there. You know what? I'm going to say Pryor, too, only because I think uh, Deshaun's lost step, too. Um, for me, it's Terrell Pryor's the number one guy in Washington now. Um, Deshaun is the number two guy. Yeah. Not saying he's going to get less catches, but, you know, ten Typically, when you're the number two guy, you're not getting as many as the number one guy. So. Yeah, it's going to be all about Mike Evans. Um, Cameron Bray or O.J. Howard? i got to say the rookie. Uh, I like O.J. Again, Howard. Again, to an extent, because what round can you get O.J.? That's yeah. going to depend. You know, I I kind of like Howard, if only for the fact that I think Howard's got a little bit more. He's got the upside. Yeah. <clears throat> He's definitely got upside. Number two. Mike Evans is currently a projected top 10 draft pick. Is he worth such a high price, especially with all the new talent the Bucks accumulated in the receiving game? Um, top 10, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's worth it. Um, I think his production speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he did last year. He produced. 
He's a, he's a viable uh, option. As a matter of fact, I had him on my fantasy team last year. You did. And, uh, you know, I think on average he scored me about 19 to 22 points a week. So if you're looking for a receiver that can get you points, Mike Evans might not yeah, be a I bad mean, choice. People are throwing up, when they talk fantasy, they throw up Antonio Brown for receivers. Yeah. They're talking about receivers. Yeah. They're going to throw up Antonio Brown. They're going to throw up. Uh, Odell Beckham. They're going to throw up Julio Jones. But Mike Evans is another great receiver that's getting you a lot of points. And, and again, he's going to be one of those guys that he, he's going to be available. <laughs> and you you did a 10-person league with us last I year. I did. Um, Austin and I, Austin Austin and I are in a 16-person league. That's big. That's huge for fantasy football. Would you need as good of a player as you can get each round and you need the guys that get you points? If you're around that 10 pick, or 11, 12, 13, 14, wherever it's, wherever it's at, you know, you don't want to go too high. Um, and Mike Evans is there. You need to seriously consider Mike Evans for a draft pick. You do. Um, you know, if Antonio Brown's still there, Odo Beckham, Julio Jones, those guys you've got to obviously consider a little more. But, again, Mike Evans is a great pickup. Great pickup. Number three, Kirk Cousins lost his top two wide receivers during the offseason, and his best returning guy is a slot guy in Jameis Crowder. With addition of free agent Terrell Pryor, can I trust Captain Kirk to be my quarterback, number one quarterback? Um, <clears throat> yes, I think you can. Um, again, what it comes down to with me with quarterbacks in fantasy is everybody wants that number one guy, and they go for quarterbacks early. That's what it typically happens. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, they typically go early. Kirk Cousins is still going to get you a lot of points. They've got Terrell Pryor. They've got, like uh, was mentioned, Jameis Crowder. Jameis Crowder was a very solid, reliable option for Kirk Cousins. They've also got who they're missing, Reed, um, who's another yeah. super stud at his position. Um, Cousins also can get out of the pocket and make some plays himself. Yeah, he, he, he did it he last year. Athleticism, um, uh, so. I, so as a number one, you can rely on him. But, if there, again, if there's better guys there, you look at towards later on the draft. I've done a couple mock drafts now. You've got um, guys like Ben Roethlisberger that are available. You've got guys like um, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, uh, Dak, um, not Dak Prescott. Um, wow, um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm throwing a, a blank there. Jameis Winston is going to be available too later on in the uh, draft uh, for fantasy. You guys definitely need to take consideration of that, but Kirk Cousins is going to be a viable, uh, reliable option. For guys, you. don't sleep on Philip Rivers. <clears throat> Kirk Cousins, uh, or excuse me, number four. Who are some sleepers on each of the Redskins and Bucks team that people should consider late in their fantasy draft? That's a great question. That's a really good question. I'm going to start off with the Redskins, and I'm going to say, um, Perrine is going to be one to. You know, not trying to be a fan, homeboy fan here, yeah. but Samaje Perrine is one you're going to want to watch out for. You can get him around six or seven, if I remember right. Right. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I did a fantasy draft, but I, be, I believe it was around six or seven. Um, and then for the the Buccaneers, you're looking at um, you know maybe like a guy like O.J. Howard, um, Adam Humphreys, maybe. You want to find a guy that, again, a steal is a guy that's going to be later on. Yeah. So you're you're going to want to find a guy that's going to be a viable option. Um, late. So Adam Humphreys could be that guy. Another guy to watch out for, for on the Redskins is uh, Jameis Crowder. We just talked about him. I was just about to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so there's a few options there. Um, Mike Evans isn't going to be a steal because he's going to be a top ten pick. Well, Deshaun I, you Jackson. Know what? One one we left out. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take a a, a stab at it. Uh, if he gets to start, get some touches. Jeremy. 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 Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. Jeremy McNichols. Um, 
and depending on I can't remember where Doug Martin was at in the draft. I want to say around round three. Mm-hmm. If Doug Martin's there, you kind of want to stay a little leery just because um, he's going to be suspended for four games. Um, but then the the flip side of that, as Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell did that year, he was suspended last year when he was suspended for a few games. <clears throat> so again, you got to just take in everything into consideration. Um, I would say Samadji Perine for the Redskins for sure. Definitely. Um, for the Buccaneers, it's a little harder because they've got so many weapons. Really um, Humphreys is probably going to be one to take a look at. Um, O.J. Howard, depending on where he's getting drafted at, is another guy. Um, and Cameron Brake. I mean, you never know. The rookie may not pan out, and Cameron yeah, Brake can be a good tight end there. Brake might not do bad. So, he might do, he might do um, Fast five. Here we go. There is some uncertainties regarding the Redskins' backfield. Is Rob Kelly the guaranteed starter, or could we see yet another switch up of the running back position? We said it earlier. We said it many times, actually. Rob Kelly is going to be watching his back because, again, I think Samadhi Ryan is going to pull an out more. Let me just spell it out for you. Ryan. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's coming. He, it's happening. I, I have the a guy feeling. For real. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling he's going to be hitting, you know, coming in like a freight train. I really do. I think. Uh, I think people should take this into consideration that uh, Ryan, he also is a guy with a big, big chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah. Uh, being looked over for Mixon with all, even with all, all the Mixon yeah. off the field issues, he still, <laughs> still got looked over. Absolutely. Rob, uh, he had such production and he drops so low in the draft and gets picked up. Uh, if you don't think he's going to be the guy to watch out for, you're mistaken. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Number two, Tampa Bay added a lot of pieces to their offense of uh, Arsenal. Could they be a sneaky top five offense team? Yes, they very well could be. Yeah. This is another team that you, you've you got uh, as a dark horse team going into the playoffs. They, did, they barely made, didn't make the playoffs last did, year. Yeah. yeah, they could make the playoffs this year. Their offense is very scary looking. Um, their defense is nothing to scoff at either. It's a good defense. They did well last year. Um, the only problem with their defense is they've got to play up against other top offenses they in do. the NFC South. Um, if their defense stays healthy this year and the suspension of Doug Martin doesn't hurt them too bad, yeah. if they can coast through those first four games and do and have a pretty decent start, and I'm pretty sure they have a divisional game right right, right towards sure. the beginning of the season, uh, that is going to set the tone for the rest of their year. But look out. Look out for Tampa Bay because they are going to – I think they are going to steal at least one game from Atlanta, and that might be the edge they need to get yep, into the playoffs. exactly. Number That'll three. That'll be a shootout game, too. Oh, yeah. Number three, who has the better chance to win the division, Tampa Bay or Washington? I say Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay has the better <laughs> better chance, and I'm going to tell you guys why they have the better chance. Uh, they, are, they are in a division where the Saints are steadily been declining in their in both their defense. Their defense is getting old. They're, try, they're trying. They're they trying, are. They're trying to get back on the horse, but their defense is getting old, uh, and their offense it's not it's not really getting much much younger either. On the other on the other end of the division, you have Carolina, who has just been. I know you're not a fan, but I think Carolina is another dark horse they, team. They, they, I'm not, I'm not ready to it's buy not, it. It's a team not to sleep on. I it's it's say. a team you shouldn't sleep on, yeah. but I'm not ready to buy that they're a, uh, a contender for the division. Uh, their defense is gonna is gonna help, but unless they get a much better offensive performance. Yeah, I mean, and then so so you, you know, and then you look at the Redskins division, the NFC East. You've got the likes of the Cowboys, who yes, are having problems with the Eagles, all, everybody the getting Eagles in trouble. The Eagles have gotten a lot better. The Eagles look scary. The Giants look scary. They've uh, gotten better. 
the Giants defense, I mean, look out for that. Yeah. Because they look, they look like if you're the looking real to draft defense in, the, in fantasy, don't sleep on the Giants. Exactly. Um, let's see, number four, why do you think the Redskins keep rejecting to sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal? I think what they're having a problem with is, is they're, it's not that he's wanting too much money. It's that they're not wanting to pay him big money, and they need yeah. to. They need that they franchise guy. They don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know whether or not maybe the Redskins are just not ready to make him that guy. Well, but I don't know what's what they're waiting on. Well, the thing is too. Think about it. Derek Carr didn't do the Redskins any favors either, either with that big contract. Yeah. Uh, and I hate to say it, uh, but even though Kirk Cousins uh, is not Derek Carr, he's going to get that big payday. If yeah. the Redskins don't give it to him. Somebody else is going to get into it. And um, quarterback something else that also, also wants to remind us, Josh Doxson is another sleeper guy um, for oh. for the Redskins. Oh, yeah. I, I, I forgot, forgot about, about him. him getting drafted. He was a yes, rookie Doxson. last year. Yeah. Doxson has uh, tremendous athleticism. Don't sleep on him either. No. That's uh, another he, good one. He's got a lot of speed in it, and he's he's just really one heck of an all-purpose receiver. So Number five, between Tampa Bay and Washington, who is better equipped to make a deep playoff run if they reach postseason play? Tampa Bay. Tampa They've Bay. got the arsenal. Tampa Bay has, has got the arsenal. They've got the weapons. And their defense is, is coming together. It's coming yeah, together. I mean, their whole team's coming together, really. You can't scoff at the uh, Buccaneers right now. Don't sleep on them at all. Yeah. Um, the Redskins, I mean, they look decent. They, they're, they're upgrading. They're getting better. I just think their division's too tough. Uh, exactly. The division's tough. They're having troubles with getting Kirk on a deal. I think he's going to – another thing to consider is – the Redskins aren't wanting to pull the trigger on Kirk Cousins. They don't think that he's worth the money. Get ready because you may want to pick up Kirk Cousins because he may ball out this year to prove to them, he hey, may. I'm the guy. He may, and you know what else you might want to watch out for is if they don't want to pay him that big money, but they don't want to lose him for nothing, uh, trade. It could be. It could be. We, it would not be the first time we've seen a player traded in his contract year. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it's going to – we'll have to wait and see what happens. But again, we'll pull the trigger on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not get anything out of it. The Redskins have have, can't afford to let Kirk Cousins walk away. Not right now. They can't afford it right now. They whipped on RG3. I mean, he had one good year and then, you know, he kept getting hurt. And then Kirk Cousins came on and, you know, they need to the Redskins need to pay Kirk Cousins. Yeah, they're going to they need to do it. They just need to bite the bullet and say, we're going to we're going to do this. And and the other thing they need to do is realize uh, with his production, with the lack of weapons that he had, he still had pretty good production. Yeah. I, I, uh, they need to start surrounding him with more talent. And I just want to emphasize, this is a contract year. Last year was a contract year as well, yeah. but this is a contract year, and this is to 100%. If they don't get a deal done this year, Kirk Cousins won't be in Washington. He won't. And that's something to keep in mind for fantasy. I want to reiterate that because that's when yeah. people go off, and that's when that's when you want them for your fantasy team, in yeah. all honesty. Yeah, so because uh, Kirk Cousins is not only going to be auditioning for a big boy contract with Washington, he's going to be auditioning for everybody. In the exactly. Um, okay, so that, that our fast five is done. Awesome, awesome. Questions are done. Um, fun facts, all that good stuff. I want to remind everybody, uh, next week we'll be interviewing Ron Dixon, Ron Dixon. Live. live. That'll, that'll be a live interview. Um, former wide receiver for the Giants and the Ravens. He's actually a Super Bowl record holder. Super Bowl record holder, holder of the longest kick return. Yes, down. that's right. And he did it two times. I believe two two long kickoffs in the same year. Oh, in the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not, two, not the Super Bowl. You no, not me. the Super Bowl. Uh, big, no, he had two made, huge returns in the playoffs. In the playoffs yeah, that's which, correct. Uh, and I believe that's a record as well, the two longest returns in the playoffs. Um, 
I think he had that. And he seems he seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he seems like he's, he's, really nice. he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll see you guys next week. Again, appreciate the love and support you guys are giving us. Um, if you're gonna call in, please be a real call in. Yes, My gosh, uh, wow, three of them, four yeah, of them. Four, yeah, four. Three or four, something like that. Um, just annoying, but appreciate all the love and support you guys give us. We'll see you next time. Yep. Um, adios. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.